Please note, this episode contains some strong language and references mental health issues. Please see the show notes for helpful links. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Random. See, this is when you uh, send yeah. nice messages to people and say, I like what you're doing, well done, yeah. then this, you end up the podcast. Yeah. There you go, that's it. <laughs> I know, it was so lovely. You just like sent me a message on Monday night and I was I got I in was, the car I was, and I was like, hi, you lovely. Like, that's, that's a really decent thing to do. I was just, I don't know what it was. It was like, I was... I, I came across it on social media somewhere, either Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Oh, I mean, I'm big on I'm big on podcasts and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to have a wee listen. And then I clocked some of the names. People. I was like, oh, there's Chris. So there's. I was going to say, you uh, know lots of I was quite a lot of podcast. people on the list. I was like, oh, I know. So I was like, I'm going to obviously have a tune in, have a listen, see what they're saying. And, <laughs> and just. It was just, it was really good. And four days later, and that was an awful. I just wanted to say, well done. You put, I love your podcast. And you're like, you want to go on it? Are you alright? <laughs> well, I'm very chuffed, and I'm very, I'm very flattered. Thank you very much uh, for no, your you're, kind words. You're um, and you, like I said to you, you definitely were on the list of. <laughs> this is the thing. If you get to know me in any sort of capacity, uh, you're going to end up in this podcast. Fair days. And I have been following. Talk about social media. I have been following your adventures uh-huh. of late. Yeah. But we've known each other oh, for well, a long time. I was thinking about this the other day well after speaking to you ah. like, first time probably met you must have been what 2008 7 or 8 ok because I only came into Amdram that was when I started with Amdram so yes. and I think obviously I think I think I came here to audition for something but I'd already, I think I'd already been with Panting at that point got you and I think I'd done maybe Footloose or something like that see these men in Amdram uh, they're like gold <laughs> I know <laughs> try to hold on easy <laughs> But I was, I was, I'm sure it was footless because I remember coming in and doing, yes. and I think that's when I first met with Chris Morrison and that as well. Of course. And then I didn't end up do, doing it, I think I ended up doing something else with Panting and, and I ended up, and that's who I kind of stuck with that whole Amdram yeah, period. Yeah, of which course. Which is, it's just, you know, it's like, you, you find your, your club, home and you, you guys are Absolutely. weird and you find your place and you, and you stay there kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Although I, that's not technically true because I was also part of bookends as well and Yes, that's where I started so it was, right. musicals was panting and plays was booking so I did both at the same time got you yeah. and has that always been your world acting no, performing not at all not at all I was uh, growing up I was a normal kind of kid that played football and, and did went did unders football and then uh, did karate as well for like 10 did years you? yeah yeah oh, cool. I did right up till oh, this is ridiculous I from like 6 until I was 15 proper like at junior karate right yeah. up to grow up for my black belt and stuff and then I, I found singing, drinking, and smoking. <laughs> and I was like 15, and then you, that was it. And then it was like, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this too. And then I, I, I did right up to, to do my black belt green, and I just never did it. I never finished. Jeez, it just sounds so, but such a waste of time now. When do you I think, think you can it. pick it back up? Is it something no, that's in No, no, God, no. Um, and do you know what I was? I just, I loved martial arts as a kid. I watched everything that was martial arts. I was right into like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, even then, but it's probably more Teenage Mutant Ninja thought it was it kicked me off in that world. <laughs> totally. you know, like, as a kid. And then it was just like, martial arts was like, I was so, so into it for so long. 
I'm surprised that I, I managed to do it so long, and then and then music got, got mm. a grip of me probably about nine or ten. I started playing guitar when I was nine, okay. and ever since then, after that, it was music was that. So no, no, acting is not something. It's a. It's, I, I was thinking about this before coming to this. I was uh-huh. like, what my trajectory and my journey's yeah, been. Yeah. So it's like you see people. It's like you see a graph, and it's like. Like whereas my my graph is like squiggly Great. lines that go forward, back, That's what up, I want down. to tell yeah. young people that no, no, oh. there's no wrong path. Yeah, no, no one's is really, really when you get to the next grade, no one's is really linear. Do you know what I mean? No, no, I was definitely music was the thing for me. I wanted uh-huh. to be a rock and roll star. That was it. I mean. And I, I, first it starts my brother. I saw my brother. Um, I used to go and watch his band rehearse. Okay, that was my in an old Masonic holiday in Camus Lang. They used mm-hmm. to go every Sunday, and I go down. Just being that younger, five years older than me, so he's like okay, at that oh point, well. you idolise your, yep. your brother and stuff. Yep. And so I went down his band, and they were like, it was like a metal band. So I was right, I was right <laughs> to rock and metal, oh, really hardcore metal stuff like Slayer and Deicide, Megadeth, Metallica, all that kind okay. of stuff. So I was right into it, and then um, I used to go watch some rehearsal and stuff, and then I was like, nah, I'm into this. Uh-huh. So I got my first guitar when I was nine, and my brother definitely inspired it but he showed me how like like cause I, I couldn't read music or anything like mm-hmm. that but uh he showed me how to read like tablature tab with yes. the numbers yeah so that's how i picked up but then from there it was music by year and then the guitar and then i would start my own bands i'd like a band my cousin when i was like 12 my pal eddie and it was what all was it uh oh, did we have any oh my god this is this is where i think that my teachers at school even primary school must have thought i was something wrong with me because <laughs> Because <laughs> we were in metal stuff, and they, like I remember in high school, uh, primary school, we used to make like um, work folders to put your stuff in, is that like your projects if you're yes. a personal project. And primary seven or primary six, my friend Eddie and I, uh, he was a really good artist. Even then, he made this big, massive cardboard cutout, Metallica cutout, like a stage, and we made like cardboard guitars and stuff, yes. like flying V's and. It was just a, it was a static thing, but it, but then anyways, it, it, we had two names. We had, we went through. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I actually can't even tell this. This is bear in mind. I'm only what ten or eleven at this point. So the first name I think was Infestation, Bubble. and it was like rats and stuff on it. And I remember throwing me rats. And then there was like another name was called Postmortem. And this again, this is uh, this is really dark. This is my brother's I'm uncle. I'm not even sure if yeah. I knew about Postmortem. <laughs> I, I don't think I even knew. But I was like, there's that like sounds good. ten demons up the side of the. the this is in a work folder in primary school, and I'm like, you're going. I'm going to get kicked out here. But I didn't even think of it at the time because no, I just I'm so into metal. So creative, so creative. Yeah, but that was aye, that was it. And then, but then from that it moved into I was what fourteen I think my first proper band with a few of my pals uh, from down where I live, and um, we played at a local. Uh, talent contest it was mm. through Terminal 1 uh, uh, you know yes. Terminal 1 so I used to work I'm there. sure my mum because my mum's involved in a music charity which me and my sister were involved yeah. in they're based up in <clears throat> York Hill yeah. and I'm sure my mum judged a competition well, probably, at Terminal 1 yeah that was so Terminal 1 used to, used to do the talent contest Aye. in the Bonnet High School theatre every year so yes yeah. this rings a bell yeah, actually, yeah, I think. Emma played it Emma came and played I remember because I played alongside Aye. this is how I met Emma Got you. Way back right. when. Yes, Aye. this is correct. Because yes. I, I was in, my band was in it, uh, we did it a few times, but my band that time was called Free Falls. <laughs> my mate Rudy and Big Andy Skinner and stuff. And um, so we played the first time, and I was only 14, and that was like indie music. This is when mm. Oasis and all that stuff had blew up, and that's yeah. what that's what kicked on for me and made me into music and like okay. actually writing music and, and writing songs and stuff. Yeah. And then we moved in from that, and then I ended up getting poached, and then I got taken. Well, I went back. I went the next year as a solo artist and played an Oasis song called 
fade away, I think it was called. Uh-huh. And then uh, my other mates from a band called the Silverstones, and they won. I think this might have been the year that Emma was in it, okay. possibly. Right. And then the Silverstones won it, and all my mates, are a group of mates were in that band. Uh-huh. And then I was doing my own thing, and then I got asked to join that band. And then it kind of, so everyone just went for there. Yeah, yeah, I was only like 15, I think I was like 15 at that point. And then that was, I was like, right, And you I'm, were always the front fan? No, well, it was weird that that band, we had two singers. It was myself and a guy called Elka, Alexander, mm-hmm. Elka was his name. And hmm. uh, he was a singer at that point. And then I came in and then we ended up kind of sharing. But he was still the lead singer, but I, I would sing songs now and again. Okay. I, was, I was more like the, the rhythm guitarist backing singer at that point. Got you. And uh, we went on for a while and then that was the indie stuff, but I was definitely more into American rock and stuff like that. And mm. and so was the guy Bob, Robbie Adam, his name is. Uh, and we kind of started thinking maybe we don't want to do this kind of music. So we ended up kind of yeah. able to get the, the heave at that point. <laughs> and we brought in another boy, boy Joe, who's going to do really well. Joe Gallagher's done great stuff mm-hmm. since. And then... Um, we started a new band called Solace, which was, and then this was. So the names are getting far more gentle. Yeah, they did. I were away for postmortems on um, Solace is like, well, not that kind of. So Solace is too. That there's Solace with an A C E, and we were S O L U S. So it was it meant Ooh. alone, Solace alone. That's the that's how. Nice. You know. I just interviewed a, a bunch that run a festival called Solace. Aye. which is spelled differently. Solace again. with the like Solstice and all that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I was. That was that was my. I'd finally, once we got that band and that band, we did really well to the point where that was, I definitely thought we were going to get signed and stuff. Yeah. We, we, and by this point, are you writing your own stuff? I had been writing, I'd been writing my own stuff for about 14, don't get me wrong, early iterations of my music were terrible. It was, it depended on taste and what I was listening at the time, but I, I mean, I moved into the uh, Solace lineup. it was basically mm-hmm. Silverstones, but it was turned into a kind of new... Uh, idea of how we were going to go forward and it was very much like Foo Fighters and all that kind of stuff cool and uh, yeah that's when I, I came into my own at that point because I was very much American influenced rock yeah. and stuff so I, I was writing most myself and Robbie and uh, were writing probably most of the stuff at that mm. point and yeah it was great I mean, so I, you saw that as this is possible that was it that was, this is, this is where I was going there was no alternative I was going to be a singer guitarist songwriter in a band uh-huh. I'm going to get assigned and we're going to do it was like, there was no doubt it, was no, it wasn't even a question it was like this is happening until uh-huh. you get older and you go oh actually this is a wee bit harder than you than you think it's going to be but I think you've got that naivety yeah. of and that just like do it and go yeah. for it and you have to be all in but we, do you know what yeah, I mean yeah and, and I think at that point we were and, and like we were got really close to getting to the next step I think because we came down there was a, there was a um, I don't know if you know your music it's a stuff in Scotland at the time, mm-hmm. this was kind of late 90s, early 2000s, Yeah. and there was a there was a record label called Electric Honey, which was based okay. out of Stowe College, and they that's where Biffy came out of, Snow Patrol, uh, they got assigned to this label oh, wow. and then, then kicked on, so then yeah, we yeah, were yeah. up for it, and basically every every college year takes a band mm-hmm. and signs them for that year, and then that's their project, uh, oh, yeah. so we get, it was between us and a band called Police Chief at the time. So we did the whole, we're in the barras and we're, we're doing our audition to this whole class of people and the wow. lecturers and then this police chief did the same. And we felt at that point we were like, sign us, we should get signed yeah. here. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd already done, at that point I think we'd already, we did the Kurt Michael International Guitar Festival and we won that, the wow. new talent winners for that. We beat like the Grim Northern Social, which was at the time were a big up and coming band. They were signed as well at that point and we won the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, so we were doing well and we sold out like Tuts and Christmas Eve and stuff like that. And just we're doing tours, went to Ireland and stuff like that as well on radio. And so we're like definitely on the right path. And then the band, (laughs) and then the guys, um, 
the Stoke College guys that Electric Honey decided to go with Police Chief, but at that point they, they were getting managed by Dave McGeekin, who used to who was the manager run King Tuts. And I think their thinking was, we'll go with him, we'll get loads of stuff okay. in Tuts. And then I don't think that band ended up doing anything. So that was like definitely a sliding doors moment. Yes. Of if we'd have so went, went with us, I think we'd have kept on. Who knows? But it just it didn't happen. And after that, we went back to playing whatever, and, but things plateaued and then, mm. but another story ended up, uh, vocal stuff happened for me at that point and I ended up having to stop singing for, Gosh. yeah, I ended up with vocal pops back in 2003, yeah, yeah, 2003, but I didn't get it diagnosed until 2005, but I sang oh, through God. that whole time yeah. and then as soon as I got diagnosed, the guy was like, because I went to, because I, I knew that in my mind was like, there's something wrong here, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is, but I'll go and I find I went to I mean I ended up going private because I was like I need to get to this mm-hmm. that bought me this. So I went to the Ross Hall and I got scoped and stuff and then the guy was like, Yeah, I've got focal polyps and I was like, Alright, oh, but at the time I was like, Right, brilliant, I'm no mental. There's, there's, def- there's something yeah, wrong with yeah. me. And then he's like, Yeah, but you need to stop singing now and I'm like, eh? oh my And I'm goodness. like, Okay. And then at that point it was like, Okay, you had to do voice therapy for six months. Uh, wow. which didn't do anything for me. And I did like voice complete voice rest like three times for like two weeks at a time. So no talking, I was just like, writing in notepads. And I was up the pub with notepads and I'm like, see, I'm not joking. <laughs> people look back at us and like, kind of like, I've still got the notepads. It's I look, a thing. It's yeah, a thing. I look back through the notepads, I'm like, what the hell was I talking it's about? He's not like, been a diva. Uh, and I was like, and then, um, yeah, so I ended up, but at that point the band. It's kind of a scary time. Yeah, it was my, well, because at that point, this is, this is, but this is how it took me on another trajectory. So maybe okay. I've been having this for a reason, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, um, I got the, the diagnosis, tried everything I could with him and then, the band that was in at the time were like, well, you can't sing, so... Which, so the band kind of disbanded mm-hmm. at that point, but I was like, okay, I'll get back at some point. Yeah. Then the guys that was in the band with decided to start another band and went to, moved to Germany. And I was like, all right, oh, okay. Kid, okay. Which is fine, but I, they had to do what they had to do at the time. I was, I'm not, at the time, I was pissed, but... Yeah. I got all... I, 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 with with yeah. distance and hindsight. Yeah, and then we, like, and there was people I was really good friends with. It was actually... I felt... We didn't speak for years after yeah. this point. And then it was it wasn't until my friend's dad passed away, and I I had to speak to him, and we went mm. to the funeral, and then everything that happened was like there's bigger stuff done. in life. Let's everything got squashed. Draw a line under it. Drew a line yeah. under it, and we've been best mates ever since yeah. again. But, but I can understand were, like you were obviously in a vulnerable position it's just, as well. Yeah. You, like your dreams, you feel as if are getting quashed. Yeah, at that point it was like I was uh-huh. done. I was like, out. Because that's like, the only thing you want to do. Yeah, I was I was only caring about that, and then I was like, well, what? and then I think I was the thing. I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Like. Would it, this is this is all you've wanted to do. And you just take your health generally for granted, which yeah. is a terrible thing. But yeah, you okay. do well, until I... you're not well. You know, until there's something wrong, and oh. especially singing. That like you just you have a natural ability to sing. It's your thing. Yeah. You just do it every day. Yeah. You take it for granted. Yeah. And I had know? to. I always had to go for surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went for surgery in two thousand five. But then even after the surgery, I was so like nervous to sing yeah. again. I was like, what, what if I do it again? Uh-huh. And. Um, I was like, okay, I, I managed to kind of build up the, the confidence to do it and I went out solo and started kind of supporting people and doing acoustics, just slow acoustics sets yeah. to build myself up. But during that time, I was like, well, if I can't sing anymore, it's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I thought about acting. I was like, well, I've always wanted to try acting. Mm-hmm. Um, my mates, me and my mates used to make stupid short films and stuff, like <laughs> down the woods with the camera and <laughs> spoofs of like uh, X-Files and... and Blair Witch. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, well, X-Files and, and all these other kind of stupid things. But it was funny, but it, it was definitely had an interest in it. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, 
I got to speaking, it was a, a friend that I know, John McQuiston, I don't know if you know John McQuiston, he's an actor, you should get him on this podcast, okay. he's, he's a really good guy. these recommendations. Yeah, John, John's a, a Scottish actor who, who used to be a fireman and then he got injured and he ended up retiring early. Right. And then he moved into acting and then he's, wow. he's managed to build up a really massive like um, portfolio of work for yeah. in Scotland, like Still Game, The Nest and Taggart, all I'm that. I'm recognising them. You'll know his face, he was in the Tesco adverts and stuff like okay. that, the guy lying in the bed with the beard and you'll probably see him. <laughs> But I, it was, I got speaking to him and I was like, what do you recommend for like getting into acting? Yeah. And then he gave me like a list of of things to come out and look at. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. Bookends was on the list and Pantheon was on mm-hmm. the list. And I, that's, how, that's how all that started. So, that's yeah. mad. Yeah. Crazy. And you must have done umpteen shows with Pantheon alone. Aye, so Pantheon, my first ever... I remember, oh God, I remember the morning. It was actually, it was myself and it was wee Scott Fletcher. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. and I was like... Well, I'll go if you go. He's like, you go. And we kept like a phone. He's like, you want to go then? He's like, aye, alright then. <laughs> so, so we, me and him, uh, rocked up. And at that point, Pantheon was, I didn't really know much about musical. I didn't really any notion of musical theatre okay. at that point. Um, apart from when I was at high school, I was, uh, that was, it was my teacher that kind of started me on that world. And I, remember I did it, mm. dipped my toe in at that point. I was 17 and she okay. asked me to play Danny in Greece. I was just going to say it. What are you doing in Greece? <laughs> just in my head, that's who you are. Aye, well, I mean, I've done it a few times, but it was, so aye, really, the first time I've done it was at school. It's the pattern everybody, like... Ah, I mean, so it was probably one of the first musicals I remember ever seeing, and, like, really, uh, as a guy, like, I wasn't into musicals growing up, but... Yeah. I remember the first two musicals that really turned me into musical theatre, and it was West Side Story in Greece. They were the two. That was and, Marty. Ah, uh, right, okay. In, in my school production, it was funny because I sang and danced, but not really. I sang in school, but not danced. Like, nobody knew I danced. Yeah. And then it was like the high school production kind of thing, and I went for Marty and got it. Ah, uh, brilliant. And they actually I... gave me a song that wasn't even in the oh, show really? just to let me sing. <laughs> oh, I was... I was like... like She's a singer. That was I. Cause no, Mar- no, it's no. Mar- I Mary sings "Fade My Love." Does she know? I, I got to sing "One Fine Day," which is uh, not even in Greece. I've never heard of that. That's no, just just rewrite it. I know. <laughs> the thing is, I remember it was my music teacher who, again, she was my kind of like inspiration at that point. Uh-huh. Where, like I just enjoy. I used to, music was my thing at school, so I used to enjoy in her class. Yes. Although my other music teacher hated me. He absolutely despised me. Like oh, I just did not. We used to wind them up and we used to piss <laughs> it so much. I, mean, I get now probably look back why they like us. But but the thing is, they get the three guys he hated in the class were the three bit, like, most kind of talented mm. musicians in the class. And uh, I remember when, because my other teacher told me this, when, when uh, my higher results came in and I got an A. Wow. I was raging. Because <gasps> he, he, he'd been on my case all year, basically, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And I walked well, in and I'm like, done. There you are. In the bag. But he was, she told me, I was like, what? I can't believe you're like, I'm not raging. sure she's got the ethos of yeah, being a good teacher. Yeah, it was not, uh, it was not the best teacher in the world. But I, she was my, it uh, was my teacher. Uh, it sometimes just takes that one person, like uh, that other teacher, to be like, uh, was Mrs. do this. Uh, her name's Elspeth McLean. Mrs. McLean, her name was. But she was sure a young, Mrs. she was only a young teacher at the time. She was yes. like probably mid twenties or early, uh-huh. just starting out. And she was just, and then she said to me, "Oh, we're doing Greece. Would you want to play Danny?" And at my first, I'm like, "Nah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing all that." Musicals, I'm a rock and roll man. I'm in a band. I'm not doing all that. And and I remember, which is the perfect yeah, Danny and his rebel attitude. <laughs> and then, and, uh, so she got me. And I did I did the rehearsals and stuff. And then um, hmm. I remember going through the whole thing. And I mean the the production was it was cool quality. You know what I mean? It was what it was. Yeah. But then uh, still talking about it in bland terms. <laughs> there's somebody's there's VHS kicking about somewhere. <laughs> I lost mine. I gave it to somebody and I never got it back. 
But uh, I remember that first feeling. That was my very first like on stage, and I remember yeah. standing because Danny's like the last to come out on stage during the introductions. Oh, and I, just, I, I don't know if that feeling, you know, that feeling that mm. the butterfly. Yeah. Just, oh my god! Like I've never felt anything like it. But you've you've just got to turn it off and get on oh. there. Yeah. And, I, and then that was it. It was bit with a bug, Me- the mega bug. with a bug at that point. But I never did anything else. Cause I was like seventeen. And I never done. Any, I, I worked as a, a vocal coach at, at the Terminal One. Oh, nice I did well, dra- well, vocal and uh, drama, mm-hmm. and uh, we did Little Shop of Horrors, and this is this is basically where this is how I got the vocal parts, because <laughs> I exactly. yeah because I basically they couldn't get anybody to do the voice of the plant, so the voice of the plant can be off stage with a book. I went, yes. I'll do it, and when I was younger, I used to sing quite gruff and stuff, so I ended up singing it like Levi Stubbs in the film, tore my. Tore it up, but I mean, it was great at the time. I'm sure you were fabulous. Yeah, it was but funny. You paid for it. <laughs> I, but I paid the price for it. But it, it, it led me down that path. But I, it was, uh, wow. it was a strange one. But yeah, Danny, Danny in Greece was where it started, and then obviously I picked that up. <laughs> but how many years later that been? That was about fourteen years later or something. Goodness. Fifteen years later, I did it for the first time with Panting until uh-huh. fourteen, and then they did it again two years later, and I went, what? I didn't, I, I didn't fancy the idea of somebody else doing it. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was usually... Yeah, costume. I, I mean, at that point then I figured out, but at that point I technically could have been Danny's dad. <laughs> Listen, Aye. I mean, we've seen the film. Yeah. None of them oh, are high God. school age. <laughs> Who's, is it Sonny? Sonny's about 40 in that one, at that point. Yeah, I was, I was 33, 33 the last time I did it, and I was, I was definitely... I don't, I don't, I, once I shaved and all that and Listen, put a wig on, I'm You're defying time. <laughs> I know what age you are now. You're <laughs> defying. You're all right. You're doing fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's, that's definitely something I get. But I think it's just I think this I'm musical sure. theatre is keeping you young. <laughs> yeah, and moisturiser. That's what I say to everybody. Water and moisturiser. That's it. Drink water. <laughs> Trade to the drink for sure. So how, let's like jump mm-hmm. a bit, a fair bit. Yeah. How do we get from, you know, and this is absolutely no slight to Amdram because oh, yeah. I work in Amdram. Oh, no, I'm, it, I'm the biggest supporter of Amdram and, uh-huh. and anybody that tries to decry it, I will come down on them like a ton of bricks. Absolutely. Um, for me, right, so Amdram um, was obviously, that was 2007, mm-hmm. I started them and then I just, I found a home with Pantheon and, and I, mm-hmm. I love being there. I did every, I think I did every single production. And their productions are spectacular. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It was like, because when, I, when I, I came on board with it and then once I did it, I was like, there's so many times we've done the shows and we, the comments would be, well, we thought we were watching a professional show because Correct. Pantheon at that point were sparing no expense with mm-hmm. the, the stage, costumes, lighting, uh, the, the professional people they brought in. This is yes. who I met Chris Wilson, obviously, and, yes. I, and I worked with Chris for years. Uh, he is like just ah, Chris a is amazing. one Aye, Chris is amazing. I've, I, I've got so much time for yeah, Chris um, and I'll always... He's also been in the podcast. Yeah, well, that was the first one I listened to because <laughs> I saw his name I was like, well, I need to listen so, to that. I, yeah. I saw his recent Jesus Yeah, have show. you seen it then? Yeah. I've seen it twice. Well, I went to see a, a very first... So I was, I'm one of his first disciples, I think, because I went to see it back ah, in 2015, yeah. 2016, I think it was oh, the first... Wow. First time it was on the fringe. Amazing. And I think all the people for Pantheon at some point went through. That um, one I went to see recently, some of the girls for Pantheon came on as the tap yeah, dancing yeah, centurions, yeah. So Elaine they, and all yeah, that. Yeah, they've been in, I think they were in it. Because they weren't in the French show that I saw. Well, the, fir- the first time he's always did it, the very first time he did it, he always had, it was Amy, 
and and some of the things Amy and somebody else and Kirsty Malone does it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he'd always have one or two that would do Mary Magdalene, yes. but then he started bringing in the Centurion right. tap dancers. And I just love and it, I'm like how your brain works. I just want to be in your head for a second. Chris is, <laughs> uh, stuff is. Uh, but this is the thing about you know the world of Van Dram as well, like the people that you collect. These yeah. just awesome but, uh, characters that uh, you know met, that are just doing something that they love. Yeah, I think as well. It's like a lot of people that do Am Dram probably could have done this oh, yeah, stuff professionally 100%. they just the life took me on a different Correct. path but for, for me it was like Amdram was how I learned my craft because mm-hmm. I at that point had no training other than watching movies and, and, and I was very good at mimicking stuff mm. as a kid impressions and, and voices so I, I took a lot of inspiration for that but then that, this was my like I cut my teeth in yeah, Amdram and, it. and, and, and it's, it's doing it it's just yeah. you know like you can do all the studying in the world but it's actually being yeah, it was like that, in rehearsals that being life, on set yeah. do you know what I mean being on the stage like working with other people that collaboration that creativity like how are we going to make this happen yeah. and like the, the parameters as well sometimes of like well this is the budget or mm. this is the stage that we're using or we don't have all the bells and whistles do yeah. you know what I mean so it's like that creativity of like how do we make this happen even at that Pantheon did have all the bells uh-huh. and whistles which yes. we were very fortunate I think it was more when I did stuff with like say bookends mm. and when I, that was my first play that I did I did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest oh, wow. and then back in 2008 it was through it was a little re- it was a recommendation for Scott Fletcher who'd mm-hmm. just done a play called Strike with him it was one of Jim's original plays right, Jim okay. McEwen um, and he did Strike he's like you should check out bookends and uh-huh. maybe you'd be up for doing some plays so I went and I was like I, and I, mess- I think I've messaged them and they were dead so welcoming and, and uh, I got cast as Martini which is the Danny DeVito part in the oh, film right, and okay. I, I just fell in love with that show and that but that's that was my yeah. kind of first step into like proper acting I don't want to say mm. acting's acting whether it's yes. musical theatre but yes. uh, straight acting straight or acting dra- right. dramatic acting yes yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, was, I get bit, that was another I, I was very I was always torn between acting and mm. musical theatre but yeah and along that time then you're doing the amateur stuff like what are you What's your actual job? What oh, you yeah. So I was a, a, a youth worker for 10 years. Uh, so I, worked, I did not know this yeah, about you. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I worked, well, I originally started out with Terminal 1. I worked with them first. Uh-huh. And did all their kind of youth groups and stuff like that. And then I wanted something that was a bit more, day, like, 95. Yeah. So I ended up moving and doing a, a things called Active Breaks, which was uh, based in schools. Right. So you were kind of like a school liaison slash oh, youth worker. Yeah, yeah, right, but I'd work aye. with ASN kids. I'd work with I'd either work with ASN kids or the kids that were getting kicked out of classes. So we were the kind of person that, that they kind of go between. But we really it was weird because I worked in the school that I went to. Did so, you? Yeah, so I went to Bunt High School, which is now called the Head Academy. Uh-huh. And I worked, we were still Bunt High School at that point. So I went back and I worked there, and it was weird because obviously all the teachers that were my teachers were still there, and then I'm coming That's back in like as it. a colleague, and it was like. <laughs> They, they, like yeah, first names yeah. and all that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Masson Boogie, that was it. Uh, he was <laughs> we had that we had that kind of love hate relationship. Okay. He was at, there was uh, near the end of my time at high school because I, I think at that point I'd already to get into college. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to do, do music, music. Yes, yes. I, I, I went to North Glasgow College to do music business and performance and promotion. So okay. And that's another. I'll get onto that later. But, um, I and I just remember like I used to turn up to like school and then Mister Masson would already be waiting for me in my Reggie class and like go to my go to my room. And I'm like, what have I done? No, I don't even know what I done. I was, <laughs> it, was, it was weird. I I was not a bad kid at school, but he just had it in for me. But then obviously I went back to work as a as a, a worker as a youth worker. 
and then but we end up getting on really well after it's that it's like it's it. just yeah it, the perceptions is ah yeah uh, and like you think of people you went to school and you've yeah. got like an idea of like you know, like wonder what happened to them or yeah how, and then you see things i think that's the joy of social media sometimes it's like oh, when yeah. you meet people and you're like well, Gosh, even before like, that, it was Friends United before it was before you had uh, MySpace and Bebo, Bebo and whatever. I mean, I had all of that, but Friends United <laughs> was the first thing. And uh-huh. was, oh, what's everybody up to now? And then, and then it was like obviously MySpace, Bebo, but that was a very much MySpace was a music thing, and Bebo yes. was the, that Bebo is what Facebook is now, That's basically. Right. Although I used to be able to change your skins and all that stuff. You, wasn't could, it? you could like top, top friends, five. top. No, it was a top eight or top ten <laughs> friends, or, or you could give out a love every day to somebody, or whatever. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> But yeah, no, I, the, I, it's on I, age now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went on and got that people thing. You could go and get all your so photos did I, off it. So, did I. <laughs> so I've got them somewhere. Terrible. But I know, so I, uh, as, as I dig, I'm like Billy Conley here. I'm going. Listen, I'm this is and, why we love the podcast. Aye, but I, <laughs> Yeah, I ended up. I went. I was a youth worker. Uh, did that for ten years, and then I was when I turned thirty, and basically the voice stuff. Mm. This was 2012. It happened again. Yeah. I got the pops again. <laughs> so at that point, the my guy that was my uh, surgeon, mm-hmm. who was my consultant, he's like, because I'd been going to see him after it for every every six months, we're going for a checkup. Okay. And then when it was like, happened again, I was like, I can't believe it's happened again. Um, he's like, okay, I think you need to retrain your voice. Maybe there's something mm-hmm. technically you're doing that's causing this. Okay. I was like, he's like, so I think you should definitely retrain. And that's when I started looking into like what, how do I do it go about this? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I discovered um a still voice training. Yes. Which led me to Motherwell and Got that's a whole yeah. other that's another this is where yeah. it, that's where everything probably is kicked it Jillian? off. Jillian Jillian yeah. McCarthy I yeah. everything kinda of kicked off from there and, and uh, to the to where I am now. That's where the, that was the kinda of, this the turning point. But yeah I've I'd, I was I was turned thirty. I was working as a youth worker. I was still doing panting on the side, mm-hmm. doing the bookends, plays, doing my gigs, all of that. I was doing all that stuff, but I was and like happy with that setup. I was. I mean, it was a good. Yeah, it was a really yeah. good time. I loved all that that whole experience. Where I just had that. It was just a good thing. But at that point, I was like, if you ever want to do this professionally, mm-hmm. then you're gonna have to take that leap. Yeah. So uh, I quit my job. Um, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, I just went. I just need. But, you know, like as an adult, like yeah. that's a huge decision yeah. to make in it. Like I was the thinking, security of. Oh yeah, I mean, it was, regular wage. between between the, my my normal job and my gigs, I was making good money yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And and I was like, I'm, I could easily stay here, mm-hmm. but I was like, if you don't take that leap, I think you'll always re- look back and regret it. If you okay. and and I was like, I don't want to ever have regrets. So at least I want to at least try because if you good don't, if you. you try. And you fail, you go. Well, I tried. I tried, but if you yeah, don't yeah, try, yeah. and then you go. I really admire that though, because that yeah. is like it was, it not was saying like it's a thirty years old, but it doesn't matter. Just as an adult, but, I mean, at that point, responsibilities. You're, yeah, and you're you're in your flow. You've you know you can establish yourself of like this is what I do. Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is where I'm talking about the whole squiggly yeah, line thing yeah. because at that point, you think at thirty years old, especially in the generation that we come from, you're expected to have done so much. This is expected to be married, kids, house, all that stuff and I was nowhere near any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff at that point but I was like but I, I, I had this burning desire to pursue this stuff yeah. and I was like I need to if I don't do it I'll, I'll just always regret it and Crazy. I took that punt and it was yeah things I had the voice surgery December 20 for the second time mm-hmm. in December uh, 2012 mm-hmm. I had three weeks like rest but I had then I had an RCS master's edition oh, <laughs> I was like oh god this is this is Asking for trouble, <laughs> Aye, this is terrible. But I, did, I went and did it anyway, and 
but I mean, I did it through the years. I did this mm-hmm. for the RCS, but it was always acting, and I auditioned, okay. and I got through the whole thing three times, got on the list, and just didn't get in. I was That's, like, right, okay, whatever. It's a regular feature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Podcast. And then I was like, so like, I said, well, I mean, the RCS isn't the be all and end all. You could go to London, whatever. But yeah. and then I was like, and I, and I'd known people who'd been to Motherwell, and I had mm-hmm. some friends who were at Motherwell. And I went, maybe I'll get that. I try. And uh, I actually auditioned for the it was the acting course again, and at that point. It was a really strong course. I had people like Dan uh, Todd and Con McCarry and stuff like that. And they basically took all their actors from HND up to BA. So there was no space for any guys. I was like, all right, that's fine. I appreciate mm. the time. Uh, and then they're like, well, but you can audition for the musical theatre one if you want. And I went, um. at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm not saying I was trying to leave musical theatre behind, but I was kept getting told musical at that time mm. this is what 10 years ago musical theatre wasn't getting taken as seriously probably as what acting okay. was so, so I was always told game. I was always told you should you should train as an actor because you can do musical theatre but I was like nah I, I, I definitely had a lot of experience doing musicals with panting at that point but then I said uh, so I went I said you know what I remember going auditioning anyway mm. and it was Gillian Clarence Scott and Alan Curry and Darren Brownlee was my was on my audition panel Thanks, I knew Darren anyway through because I'd known him through Chris and, yes. and all that as well and um, and I did the, I did the audition I got in and I went cool I'm going to just got to go and do this so that was I think that was like April or May at that point mm-hmm. or maybe before that and then I got in and that's when I went, I'm just, that's it, I'll quit the job and I'll just go for this. Student loan, here we come. <laughs> Dude, again, plus I've got mature students, I got the full whack, I was like, right, yes. where are we going then? <laughs> Brilliant, so, I love yeah. it, I, I totally admire that. Yeah, and, and, but I jumped in as well, that was the last, so uh, other people, I, I already had the H&D for North Glasgow. Yes. And again, that was a North Glasgow, I want to jump back, but North Glasgow was a great experience as well, mm-hmm. that was a three year H&D as well. Um, but I got to work with so many amazing musicians. I've like um, James Allen was in my class for Glass mm-hmm. Vegas. He was in my wow. class, and uh, and all the tutors was like Ted McKenna, rest in peace. He just passed away long a few years ago. Okay. Um, he was a drummer for Sensational Arts Harvey Band and yes. guys for Aztec Camera and the Gosh. original Proclaimers drummer Keith. But these all we were basically all tutors were like ex rock and rollers or whatever. They'd done so, it. So they'd, been there. They'd, yeah, they took yeah. us through the paces and, and kind of showed us what the real side of the industry is. That was and then the money. Uh, can you pay for that kind of knowledge no, no, that you're totally. getting for these guys? Uh, but that yeah. was that was a great experience for North Glasgow. But then obviously going back as a mature student at thirty, yeah. I'm in a class week people, although my class was quite mature for their age, but it was mm. a class of like people from ranging for like 19 to 22 or whatever. Okay. And I'm 30 at that point, and I'm like, all right. Being an older student, I knew what I wanted and what I wanted to get out of yeah. it. Because a lot of them are like, at, at that age, they still don't know what they're doing. I'm like, I'm in here to get the, to basically get an agent. That was why I went. Okay. I, well, actually, sorry. The first, the main reason to go was the still voice training. Because yes. I wanted to reach my voice. Correct. So that was the main goal, but then also to try and get an agent. And then, yeah, that and focus, then, like yeah. drive, like, Love it, it panned out for me at that point because I, I we, we showcased at the Criterion in London. I think we were mm. one of the last classes to do it before they stopped it. Wow! Um, but that was the, the uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Criterion. It's yeah. Thirty nine steps. It was it's been mm-hmm. there forever. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's there now. But um, I went down and I think I was the only I was the only one that got signed, and it was to Global Artists, who were like Gosh. a really big West End agent at the time. Still are. And it was like so I've been kind of all the pieces started falling into yeah. place, and I was like, this is I knew I'd made the right choice at that mm. point. Um, yeah, so it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And you've literally just stepped off a massive big ship, touring all over the place, doing 
The Cry of Man, yeah. which looks like the most fun ever. Uh, that show. Oh, it's I mean, amazing. I don't, I don't know it, but any like stills, pictures you put in videos, I'm uh, like, you look like you're having an absolute ball. Well, that's the thing. It's, I, I de- it's definitely a cheek to call it that work because uh, the show is. I mean, and the very first time I ever saw it, I went to see a friend who was the original piano man in it. Uh-huh. Uh Kind of going, and um, I seen it at Edinburgh at the Fringe. I think it was just twenty. I want to say 2017 or 2018. The thing is, I remember the, the brief actually came through when I was at Global Artists back mm-hmm. in 2015. It was a, and it was a workshop, uh, The Choir of Man, and I'm like, what's this? And I went, ah, oh, maybe stick me up for that then, I don't know, we'll see. And then I never heard any more about it, and then and then obviously the show came about, and I went to see it at the Fringe, and I went, oh no, I was like, why have I missed that? I should have, <laughs> I should have went for this. And uh, I just remember going, oh, I need to be in this. I have wow. to be in this show and that was what 2018 or 2017 I can't remember it's 2017 or 2018 mm-hmm. and then uh, when I my agent at, at the time um, I'm with another agent now okay. uh, Network Artist Management used to be MGA mm-hmm. um, I, I got the audition through for Choir of Man this was 2019 uh, September something like that July, August, September sometime mm-hmm. I went oh finally like it's, it's came it's round it's happening but <laughs> I saw. I, I went to. I went down to audition for. I went down to London. I was up for narrator, which is the person who tells the story. I, I, you've never seen the show, so you, mm-hmm. I, you don't. Really, it's a very hard show to explain. Okay, because I was going to say, give us a elevator pitch for the. Yeah, show. I mean, I it, 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 it's it's the best. It's advertised like the best pub gig you've ever or the best pub lock. It's, it's kind of like a lock-in, but it's not. Uh-huh. It's all. They've definitely. Um, they took inspiration, I think, for some of it, like from once, in the sense of. Yes. Um, at the start, and, it, it's, Dan Healy on the yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened once. to that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once that's another. Once was one of my best ever auditions. <laughs> that was the, I auditioned for that iteration of it with Ronan Keaton and him and all that. Um, ah. And I remember walking at the room going, "Best audition I've ever done." Is that right? And then a week later, my um, agent went, "Oh, it's been cancelled." As in the show get cut. <laughs> I was like, "No," because <laughs> this, this is one of my dream shows to do. And because my, my mate Ryan Fletcher, my best mate Ryan Fletcher, mm-hmm. was in the original cast. For once, he played Svek, the drummer. Uh, so he was the original drummer, uh, like one of the Czech guys in it. So I went to see that when I went did my showcase in 2013. I went yeah. to see it. Uh, he got us all tickets. My whole class got us all, all like cheap tickets for it, which yeah. was great. And that was his last week in the show as well. So it was Gosh. great to see him in it before it goes. Totally. But yeah, like quite a man. If you've ever seen once at the start of the show, they bring people on stage. You can have a beer and chat with the, the punters oh, like you're in a pub. Nice so quite a man starts the same way. It's got that same yes. same idea. Um, but then obviously the show it's a totally different show mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's it's advertised the way it looks it very much looks like oh it's lads in a pub singing and dancing it's so much more than that mm-hmm. because you have the narrator um, basically it's telling about the story of the people of everybody in the pub gets their own introduction got you and it, it, it basically describe each guy and then but it's, it, it mostly goes on to like kind of touch on like men's mental health and mental health in generally nice and it takes a nice little it's all about like support and being there for each other and it's, mm. it's, it's got a really beautiful message like through the show yeah. although it doesn't have a narrative in the sense of a story as Fair such enough. yeah 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 it's, it's, it's all, relationships it's all it's a guy those... called Ben Norris who wrote all the poetry for it and he was oh, the original right. narrator and he wrote his beautiful um um monologues effectively poems yeah. kind of thing but he's also it's in the West End now as well so there's a longer version of the show and then each guy gets yeah. an introduction of their hometown where they're from and all this kind of stuff it's beautiful it's a really nice like, poignant moment yeah. Um, but yeah the show is it's 
as much as it's all singing, all dancing, it's all live as well. Like, all, we're all playing uh, instruments. I mean, I've seen clips that you've put on. And yeah, phenomenal. It's, it's, it's a, especially stuff like we do, like the acapella stuff, like um, Chandelier, mm-hmm. Sia, and um, the very my favourite song in the show probably is Parting Glass, which is the last song that we okay. do as an encore. Um, but that was yeah. There's, there's so much time. Everybody that's been involved. I've, worked with for quite a man for the last four years it's the, the, the talent that, so four years yeah yeah, yeah. And so when you were originally auditioning for that it was to go on the ship aye so I, I went down I remember some of the brief at that point was to go down it was for narrator okay um, and I never I walked in the door with my guitar and then they're like oh you play guitar and I'm like yeah yeah well, come here Sam and I'm like aye fine and they're like, oh, cool. And then I did what I was there to do. So the thing about Choir Man, it's very much about authenticity and and, and as much as they're looking for people who can do the job, they want they want to know that the people they're working with are good, good personalities and they're good people and they, yes. they'll, they'll blend well like with people. It. Yeah. So uh, I went and I did Caledonia, like the acoustic, and just I thought I'll bring a bit of Scottish Loving it. to it. Yeah. Uh, and it was cool, and I got through the, to the next round, and then and then the next, but then it was recall for Beast. So Beast is the, the kind of the sensitive soul guy who he's a builder by day, but he's a he reads Plath by night and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and he's, okay, he's big. It's usually a gentle giant. I'm like five eight. I'm like <laughs> you're definitely this cast this, but because <laughs> all the other guys are like big guys with beards and all, and I'm like stoked about. But um, I so I get called back for beers. Like, oh, I mean, at that point, bears kind of choosers. I'm just glad you recalled me. Mm. So I came back in. We did the workshop, which is all the guys coming together. So we'll okay, do. We did all the, the clicks. And yeah, so we together. did like um, the we sang chandelier as a group, mm. and everybody's singing their parts, and then we do the cup dance, which is the big kind of finale and some nights mm-hmm. at the end but it's all cups all everywhere doing all sorts Loving I it. say cups it's like beer um, yes. mugs uh-huh. and uh, yeah so that was amazing and then and I got recalled again so I went to the final recall and um, did my thing and then I never heard anything I went oh well then so but I, I, obviously at that point after seeing who they did cast is Beast my mate Tom who was 6 foot 8 <laughs> Like, okay, there's so things I, like, I can compare with. <laughs> I was like, so I can see why I didn't get it uh, at that point, just purely based on looks. Like um, but then, <laughs> then in was like November, my agent called me. Was like, acquire a man, want to see you again, but they want to see you from the later this time, which wow. I was, which I was supposed to audition for mm. in the first place, never actually got to. I went back to London, but I had had a I was money. I had my bubble a bubbly gig. Oh my god, this is the weirdest bubbly gig as well. It was at a Dobby's Garden Centre. Of course, like at Christmas. I, sometimes you're just like it's nice. We're like, how did we get? Uh, here? But it was good money, right? I was like, listen, no, I mean it was great money. I was like, uh-huh. and I was like, I said to me, look, look, I've got this gig. On uh-huh. a th- it's a Thursday night. I never gig on a Thursday night. I was like, but I need to do this. Yeah, gig. for the money, I think. For the money, I says, is there any way that I can go down? do the audition and then just blag it for the other see if they'll see me while I'm there mm-hmm. and then she's like I mean you can chat we'll not say anything we'll just just go for it see what happens <laughs> so I was like so I went down uh, I had to go through that kind of first round thing where I went in the room and I knew everybody because I'd done the workshops with them just like a couple of months previous okay. so I sang sang what I sang had a wee chat thanks guy that's great see you later I went out the door and then the, the casting assistant came out and she's like hey, okay um, they'd like to see you tomorrow and I said well Here's the, thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was like, I've got a gig tomorrow night. I said, I really need to head back to Scotland tonight, but is there any way that they would just see me just now? Mm-hmm. I, I'd gladly do what I need to do just now. Yeah. And then she went, Oh, let me go speak to them. And she came back and she's like, Okay, they'll see you like in an hour. So here's the stuff. So I went away with the sides and went over like a Costa Coffee and just sat and go um, through all the stuff. And then, then I know, it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was like, like can I just like go in this door <laughs> <laughs> I, I came back in and I was like and then uh, I, I did I prepared, you can only prepare as you eat at that sort of length of time yeah. you can only prepare so much of course so I went out and I, and I came in and then Nick who's the create one of the creators of the show mm-hmm. he was he sort of redirected me and try this and do this and whatever and that was it and I walked at the door and I was like cool and it's very much as a as a a thing I live by now auditions it was a thing I saw Brian Cranston talking about mm-hmm, for Breaking mm-hmm, Bad mm-hmm. he said he was always trying to go and get the jobs and he's like that's not why you go and do these auditions he says when he changed his mindset to you go in you present the work and then you walk away because you've got you've got no control after what happens after that so, true, yeah. so it's a, there's a piece in that and, mm. I, and I was like so that's the way I approach I definitely nice, approach auditions yeah. now well it's for self-preservation because yeah. I can't imagine what that's like I've, not, I've not done that thing Jimmy and I did audition every year for the Rockets and that was scary enough but and the, just the commitment to going down to London and it's like yeah, you're in for it's five expensive. minutes and then they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, you're away the motor. There's one, not even. I remember one thing because I had a gig. It was a Jersey Tones gig I had up here, and I literally went off the train, got to the audition, which was like in King's Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out the audition and went back on the train. <laughs> I was only, I think I was there for about an hour, Matt, two hours, because uh, I had to come back for this gig uh-huh. in Edinburgh the next. That's that the reality of it. Like you still got to earn uh, while you're doing this. So you know I mean? was, and I, I, again, it's like, but that was the nature of, of the whole audition process in London and it's fine because it's, it's a commuting still cheaper than living there and it, it, is a, it is a smaller place now, especially now with self-tapes as well which are now yeah. seem to be the norm of, of that kind uh-huh. of stuff but yeah no, I saw that second edition when I went back down and um, uh, and I walked away and I was like well I can't do anymore done I've done, done. done what I can do yep. and I was doing a Jersey's gig in, in, in Hamilton on the Friday this was the, that was Wednesday then this was a Friday and then the phone rang, it was my agent, it was like seven o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, this is, it can, usually if you see your agent calling, you know it's good news. Okay, so I was going to ask that, did they phone you to tell you you didn't get it? Or was that nah, nah, they probably get a, maybe get an text email text, or maybe okay. something, it depends if you want to speak to them, but okay. I, most of the time, if you see the so flash up, you're like, so I kind of was like, oh, this is, well, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> and then obviously I got the call and she was like, yeah, you've got, you've got the gig. So yeah, that was the first time. It was uh, it was for the for the Norwegian Escape back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing to just, just... So how many times in a week do you do the show then? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, if you're if you're in the West End, you're doing the show eight times a week, but on the ship, you're... Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm giving away all the trade secrets here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> bear in mind there's other shows in the ship right but, of course yeah so we would do the show well it'd be two days but yeah. two or four times a week so you would do two on a Sunday mm-hmm. or Monday whatever it was we kept changing with us yeah, back yeah. and forth two on a Sunday and two on a Friday okay the rest of the time you're, you're no other duties you're, you're just a you're just what a, a that's a belter that is a belter I'm not going to lie it is brilliant you're just I thought you were scrubbing the decks nah, or something nothing at all nothing at all you're that's just sh- wait Quite rightly so. I mean, it's tiring. It is. I mean, don't get wrong. That amount of energy. Yeah, yeah. It's a full on. Eight shows a week. It's really not a great. I mean, look at we were doing half. Thing is, we were to go with. But we were doing half the work probably getting paid more. Because the, the money on the ships. And seeing the world as well. And seeing the world, yeah. Because we started. How cool is that? Yeah, that was. I think that was one of the big draws for it. Um, not. Where have you been like in that time then? This last well, the first time I ever did it was just Caribbean. Just, oh, just the Caribbean. Just the Caribbean. <laughs> aye. So it was all around, I was That's in, so aye. So that was like Mexico, <laughs> Honduras, Belize. Wow. Uh, where else? 
that that was the first contract but that was that contract was hard because as amazing as it was mm-hmm. that's, that got cut short because of Covid mm-hmm. so I was on the ship when I, when Covid well I, I, was, I was in Honduras a place called I was like a treehouse or something in Honduras and we got the call saying oh we're, we're shutting down the new as in the ship was shutting down we went on red red code red okay. or whatever and we were like okay right. at that point Covid still wasn't nobody mm-hmm. knew what was happening and then I think uh Halfway through that week, well, all the all the guests had already left, and we were just sitting waiting. Right. And then that's yeah. when we got the announcement telling us like we're all going home, and that's like. But we at that point, I I took out the chin because I was like, the whole this is the whole world. It's, it's, not, just, it's not just this ship; it's yes. the whole world. I was like, you just got to go home, mate. So totally. Yeah. Totally. So we just went home, and that was the twenty second of March, I think. I landed or twenty first, and then it was like lockdown was like the next what a day. What bizarre time that was. Yeah, it? it was crazy. Aye, that whole yeah, and especially having worked for all these years to mm-hmm. get to that position of finally in a, finally in a position where it's you've kind of kind of landed finally landed a job that you mm-hmm. love and then bang it was done and I was like no way and then it came around a time where they were recast they started recasting stuff again and I was like right, I need to I kept in touch with all the people that were like mm-hmm. the creators and stuff I, I didn't end up going back to the ship at that point I was like oh and then because like five of my guys went back to another went to the Encore went to another ship Okay. And then I was like, oh, it's happening me? And I'm like, I was like, I'm not going back then. And then two weeks later, uh, Nick messaged me, he's like, do you want to do um, Poet Beast Swing in Coventry in London? Uh-huh. I went, ah, yeah, man, totally. Right. So that's, I managed to, because I always wanted to do it on land anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So then I got, I ended up moving to London in Coventry for three months. And then, Goodness. but um, then I was going to London, going uh-huh. down to do the show at the uh, London Elves Court. We had the, it was a London Wonderland, like, big festival thing. And then doing the show in Coventry in the big Spiegel tents, one of these big uh, oh, like cool. circus tent yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. That was in Coventry. So I was there, it was also that was a good experience, great experience. Mm. Even though I wasn't in the first cast at that point, I was still getting on doing the show mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. poet. I'm supposed to do it as Beast, but then the only one time I was meant to do the Beast, I got a knock in my I was living with my stage manager, he was in the, we were, I shared an apartment uh-huh. and he's like he chapped my door at like twelve o'clock, he's like, Gary, you've got to go to London. I'm like, What? I was like, oh, Ben's hurt his neck, so Ben, the original narrator, was on in London. He'd hurt his neck the night before and he like, wow. couldn't move. Uh, so I had to get on the chair. I, was I like, can't imagine how you do that. Like, how you just go and. I'm oh, it was mad, but I, I had to go. It was at 12 o'clock, so I was on the train by about one, half one, and I was on stage by about five. No, six, like, how I, does your brain do that? Oh, I was fried at that point, but I was like. A, a poet was fine. I was always. Okay. I say poet. The, the, it used to be called narrator. They've changed the names now, mm-hmm, so poet mm-hmm. is now the poet. Um, so I, I was confident because I'd done the contract. Like I'd done three months in my, my contract, so I was like, uh, again, That's at that point, it was a year, a year uh, ago. At that I point, I can't remember I did last week. I, and it happened, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, so that's why I think you that karate's still in you. I said I Funagi. But I it was um I so it's the uh, I got a foot call, good and did it and jumped on, it was great and I ended up staying doing the next like night as well uh-huh. because yeah, um, yeah, just wasn't still injured. Um but yeah, it was uh that experience of just like living and breathing it, like mm. all it being that three months during between Coventry and London as a swing was great. And while I was there um, I think it was like July or August Nick phoned me he's like do you want to go back to the escape and do another like contract and I was like well when would I start he says uh, the day you finish and come to me. I was like I mean can I get a few <laughs> days at least aye so I was you like to do aye, that's this, it is. <laughs> this is one of the first ships that were going back out uh, after Covid yeah. so there was still a lot of regulations in place mm. but aye so I basically managed to wango to give me five days off uh, and, and then I went to I just had to come home pack repack and then back on the ship again uh-huh. and then we're out to Rome 
oh, nice. joined the ship in Chivadavecchia uh, where it was yes. docked and then I had to do a 10 day quarantine in a, a guest balcony thing which was fine because we had the balcony mm-hmm. um, so that was alright and me and my mate was the guy that was next door he, we'd just done Coventry together so cool. me and him had, like, could chat yeah. and have a coffee and all that stuff and have a chat with each other hmm. but yeah that was hard going back because it was all still face masks and Aye, regulations all that stuff and yeah. some of the ports we weren't, weren't allowed well when we first came on we thought we, we came on in the proviso that we knew that there's a good chance we ain't getting off a ship at all in wow. any of the ports at that point because yeah. of Covid yes. but then within our very first cruise we were like boom you're good to go so we were in places like uh, St Thomas and the US Virgin Islands and Tortola and wow. uh, all these kind of uh, just places that you're not like you wouldn't necessarily go on holiday to. So it's like Aye. I think a cruise is a great way, like just as for a America, hunter, yeah. You know, to like, see these places because you're like, would I ever actually end up here? No, nah, I mean, Amer- for Americans, they do go to these places, like US Virgin Islands stuff. It's, but not that's not a place I would probably no, go. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, my that contract ended up in Jamaica and stuff as well, and, and which was really cool. And so. that was so that was that that six months fine. It was good to actually get a full contract under and the a belt. Good team of people. Like, yeah, it's a great cast. Everybody. Everybody was great, like the directors, and because we, we rehearsed in Tampa, you go to Tampa for three weeks, right. and you work in, they've got the Norwegian's Creative Studios, which is awesome, it's a fully purpose-built stuff, and everything's there for you to do what you need to do, and, but I was coming back into it, like, having already done it, so I kind of had experience anyway, nice. and, I was, and I'd just done Coventry in London, mm, so totally. it was just good to roll into it and do a full contract again yeah. as, as poet, and um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really good contract, I really enjoyed yeah. that one as well, Aye. So you finished just a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's so. This last contract that was a uh, beast contract. So I was so a different right, part. Okay, so you're yeah. Part again. <sighs> yeah. So well, the thing is, I'd always wanted to do the part, but I never ever felt like I was right for it. I definitely wasn't right for it physically. I knew I was right for it vocally mm. and uh, and that stuff. But like, I was like always thinking whether I would get it. So I went back home and, and last year. I just come home and I end up like just back to gigging. Mm-hmm. Ended up working as a delivery van driver thing for Asda and stuff like that. Yeah, just you got, to do, you, you got to pay the bills. 100%. And I always had came back to money, but I was like, no, that's no for just frittering away on rent and whatever else mm. and bills. So I ended up doing that stuff and then was just depping with big, uh, different bands, still working with the big band and doing all that as well. Yeah, because um, you're in the uh, Cosmopolitan. Still, big still band. with them, aye. Is that still, yeah, still yeah, doing yeah, that? That's amazing. Aye. It's, I think I think the day I came back, I was the next day I was out gigging with him that night doing a wedding. <laughs> 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 it was great. Non-stop. Aye. You, you you clearly love it. There's like, time. Don't get me wrong. There's times where this life you go and it it can feel at work sometimes. But my thoughts on it is your worst day doing this is still better than your best day in a job you hate. You know what I mean? True story. So um Yeah, I'm, it's not to underestimate the hard work and the sacrifice. Yeah, you you got there's a lot of stuff you've yeah, you've got to give up a lot of like your own especially working on ships, there's that your freedoms mm. as good as it is and amazing it is like that, yes. that last contract we, we started in the Mediterranean and I got to I ticked off so many bucket list places mm. like uh, Rome, Athens, Barcelona, all these kind of places I'd never been. Fab. Santorini, all these kind of things. I was like Beautiful. I ticked off all this. Yeah. But with with that you're you're also when you're working on the ships you're still a crew member so you have mm-hmm. to live by their rules you don't you can't just come and go as you no, please no. so that is difficult Aye, and you're experiencing it not necessarily with the people I mean obviously you've got mates and you're yeah sure, yeah but you're not experiencing it with your family no yeah no actually I did, I did this time actually did you? yeah because uh, it was my fortieth at the end of January okay it was my mum's seventieth joined the club have you I did I. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I've got. I've definitely. Defying had, time, Gary. I've had Defying a midlife crisis. Yeah. I think ever since. 
But, um, no, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm edging towards 41. I'm uh, closer there now. Oh, I'm not re- relishing in the being the 40 and partying it's and all weird that. It's weird though, isn't it? Because like, I, I, you always looked at 40, and I looked at 40 when my dad was 40, and he's like green and two kids and. <laughs> and or greying should I say and then I'm like like still cutting about like, the way I'm looking now and I'm like you're maybe I'm just hanging on trying to hang on I keep putting these nights out and I'm like are these people my age Aye. like I'm not sure like I have no I think like we were talking about this yesterday actually and just like that you're the same age in your head Aye. doesn't matter what actual the number Aye, is I'm sure I've seen that I've seen that thing I was uh, online because I'm end up scrolling through stuff all the time as an older person like a really elderly like 90s or whatever mm. like how old do you feel in your head and you're like oh I feel about 18 they still uh-huh. feel young in this and thing like, I mean for, come on now for, and it, what a privilege to, well, to age do you know what I mean but like, 40's not old but, but I, I think mean. it's like when I'm growing I think because we come from the same era like yes. we're, we're 40 was old I know I think, but, I know. But, but now I'm here you're like, no. Well, I've just, I've just come back for doing an eight-month contract with Caribbean and Mediterranean. Dancing, so. singing, like... Aye. And then there's all the guys, the thing is, there was a big age gap for my cast, though, because, like, I was 40, uh-huh. and then everybody, then the nearest to me was 30. Okay. Was two, two guys, Dan and Dono, were 30, and then everybody else was, like, mid-20s and younger. Oh, wow. So there was a, the whole demographic feel like 20. We figured out that, that boy Alfie that played the romantic, I couldn't be his dad. <laughs> So, <laughs> but it's whether it's whatever you believe in. But you know, if you think you're going to be here once, then yeah. you've got to go after the. Things. I mean, like, I think my my parents were always they're always saying mm. to me like you've got to just embrace all this stuff. It's coming at you like you're you're in such a privileged position, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for mm. the, the opportunities I've been given through Choir Man and, and a lot of other stuff. But specific Choir Man in the last four years has given me the the, the opportunity to. To travel, to to meet all these like people for all these different national. I mean, on the ship, there's like sixty nationalities That's on the ship. And, although I was like the only Scottish guy at one point. Not that time. Wow. There's two myself and a guy called Sam Wilson were the Scottish guys this time. And in my last contract, a guy called Rob McNeely was Scottish. Mm-hmm. But I think my first contract, I was the only Scottish guy on the ship, which was Represent. a bit mad. Hi, <laughs> I didn't get because all the bands were all the badges for a UK, yes. and I went, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, get a Scotland I'm badge. That's all tired. So I got a Scotland badge, like, but I know, just I was thinking about, I so on the ship uh, mm. that this year, my um, I managed to get it was my fortieth, my mum's seventieth. And uh, managed to get them. Out. They came out for a cruise oh, in the January, Fab. so that was really nice to have Love them. Love that. That's uh, great. Have them out in the ship too. You know. And yeah. is there a, you know, is there a five year plan? Oh, Not that you can God, plan no. the, the uh, industry you're in, but I know. <laughs> what's that plan? <laughs> is there a bucket list for one of a better? Things, things that you like. So I've done this now. I'd like to. do Well, that. I've done. I mean, I've came in the sense I've done, obviously. Plays. I've mm-hmm. still not ticked the box for a. Well, I tell you, I tell you, like I have a wee bit. We bookends. We and we did some semi semi pro mm-hmm. like regional stuff. So we did yeah. uh, the steamy and and um, oh, yeah, the so one for the cookies. Did a uh-huh. kind of regional tours, which cool. was awesome. Like doing it like on Rally and East Coast all that kind of oh. stuff. And I loved that. And then but I've done some TV. I did River City back in yes, 2011. So you um, did. Uh, that was, I know because your advert popped up as well for. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> That was that was something. I was, I, I was really buzzing about that actually because I've I've grew up watching Iron Brew adverts. So I was like, to, I'd always like I've always laughed and I've always found them funny. And a lot of my mates had done the adverts as well. Uh-huh. Um, we Scott and Connor and uh, Gail as well mm-hmm, um, yeah. had done it as well. And I was like. I, Never thought I'd ever be in one, and then when I got the when I got the part, because I remember when I auditioned for it, it was just it was during the COVID time. Is that right? So I never actually auditioned. I did a Zoom meeting wow. with the director, cast director, and whatever, and we sat and 
I did an end my agent because I got the part. I was like, brilliant. But I so like before that though, TV wise, uh, River City was mm-hmm. the only thing I'd done. I'd worked with at my scenes that time. First thing I did it was so I did. Basically, since I'm talking about how the squiggly stuff yeah, aligns, yeah. that all came from I went. I did a film called You Instead, which got a, a release. It was all filmed at Teen Park. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's, it's actually I don't a, think I have. look up. I, it had that uh, Natalie Natalie Tenner who was um, Tonks in Harry Potter. Right. Uh, she was in it, and then a guy oh, I can't remember that boy's name, but he's a he's a twin. Um, they were kind of the lead roles in okay. it. It was all set to the part that Bobby still game. Yes. Was in it. He was playing an American Gavin producer, Gavin Mitchell, and then there was so many other um, people in it. But I remember I just wanted to go to Teen the Park that year. <laughs> And then I couldn't get a ticket. I was like, I suck. Because I used to get tickets through my... A girl who used to manage my band. She used to get us hospitality tickets. It was great. But then that, that year, I was like, oh, I'm not going then. And then I, and then I, then I got a message for a girl called Helen. I know she's like... And then I wrote a word of the eye. She's like, do you want to go to Tina Park? Be in a film? Blah, blah, blah. I went... <laughs> what questions asked? I was like, aye? I was like, so basically, but the whole point was, at this point, it was like, you were going to be featured extras. Mm. in this film and so I had to go and like assemble a group of uh, extras mm-hmm. to do this and uh, so I, bought, I spoke to a bunch of mates none of them are actors I was like because you want to go to Tina Park you got a free ticket you're going to we'll be there for you, what, Wednesday through to Monday we were camping the whole time okay. great, some experience <laughs> but that I was like do you want to do this and then so I went up I knew I think I found out in advance that Callie Crawford the, the casting director who's mm-hmm. probably the main casting director in Scotland okay. was going to be doing it but they were also going to be on site for the whole week and I went Right, I'm gonna go up here. I'm gonna do the feature extra thing, but I'm gonna see if it can lead yeah, to something funny. else. Yeah. So I went up and I, and I made sure that my group were like always on time, then for all the shoots and all that, did yes. all the stuff. And then they kind of noticed that. And, of course. And then so they offered these me. Things go a long way. Yeah, so they offered me a scene in the film. Like, so I became the whole point of the film is these two rock stars hate each other, but they end up getting handcuffed together and they're stuck together. And then they fall in love and all that, blah blah blah. But I was the guy that sold them the handcuffs and whatever. And <laughs> so that was cool. And then, and then <laughs> which was really good and fun. And then at that point, they're like, "Well, we've got another scene. Don't know if you'll be up for it." I went, "I don't care, I'll do whatever." And I was like, "But you've got to wear a toilet costume." And I went, what? Why? So like, guy dressed dress as a toilet running about, like, I was like, Terry the techno toilet, that's what I'm going to be, right? I'm going to like, just run about going, techno, and all that. Like, that was my idea for the character anyway. That bit never ended up happening, but uh, I saw, but I, I got really friendly with him. We were working with him the whole time. It was uh, Carleen Crawford and uh, Carleen uh, Stewart. Uh, and then when I came home, I was like the Monday, I came home and I went, do you know what? I've got their numbers. I'm just going to message them and say, look, uh, thank you so much for the help up there and really enjoy your time I says I'm not like I'm not an extra I says mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a featured artist I want to be love to be an actor and yeah. I says if uh, if there's anything comes up and bear in mind this is I had no training at that point I, didn't do it. I was just doing this all blagging it I'd yeah. been doing plays I've been doing a musical theatre but I hadn't done anything TV really at that mm-hmm. point I said if there's anything comes up you think I'm suitable for please don't hesitate give me a call whatever and I think four, four hours later I got a call for Danny Jackson who was the casting assistant uh, offer me a, a, an audition for River City. Awesome. I, I hate auditions. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the process. I, I, I get really nervous. I don't think I ever present my best self a lot of the time. Yeah. Sometimes sure I do. Sometimes I don't. Feel like that. <laughs> I, I just. Uh, but you've got to. I think the Brian Cranston thing got me in a better mindset mm. for auditions. Um, but I went. To, it was uh, Graham Gordon who was used to produce Target was now who now produced. Uh, moved at that point was producing this is back in twenty ten. Okay. Um, 
and uh, I went in for the audition and it, and it was part of called Leo and he was a soldier or whatever and mm. it, to be honest at the brief I was like I knew I wasn't right for the part but I was like I'm just going to go in here and do what I do and yep. see what happens yep. did the audition and all the line all that stuff was fine the line reading and stuff with Danny and, and Graham and then we had a wee chat after and he's like like listen and if this doesn't happen then we'll definitely keep your mind for other stuff and I'm sitting there going I bet yeah, you see that see there, that <laughs> And this was, I think that was, yeah, so that was like August or something, and I never heard anything, and I left it at that. And then the U instead premiere was on the Cine World, and we were all invited because we were all part of it. So nice all the group that I was with, fun enough, one of the persons people in the group was a guy called Jerry Crosby, who mm-hmm. you now know as Jerry Cinnamon. He was in the film where that's how I met Jerry. I ended up like, wow. yeah, I ended up parley with him when we used to go and see. He's like, yeah, it's mad. That was twenty ten. No, everything kind of blew up for him for twenty fourteen on. And now he's whatever he's a big massive rock star. I so he, but we all went to the, the premiere, which was brilliant. Aye. And and um, uh, I remember being at the premiere and I, and I was talking to Caroline and stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, he's doing. And it was good to see you. Hey, cool neighbor, and blah blah blah. As you do. Mm-hmm. And then I went in the next day, I got a call with Danny saying, we've got a park in River City, would you like to come and play this? And I went, oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. like, but they had they had my self-tapes, I didn't have to do audition, they had my okay. tape, the, yeah. the recording from when I did the other audition. Got you. And they just gave me this part. It was, it was just a wee foot, and it was just awesome, that that first experience of like, full-on TV work. And but it seems like you're just like, someone who's open I'm to just, yeah, giving it a go, a go getting anyway. yourself in there, do you know what I mean? Aye, like, aye. you've got that energy about you, like, anytime aye. I've ever met you, Gary, like, like I was thinking this before, I'm like, we don't know each other really well, nah, but any like any time that I've met you, you've got the same energy, that same positive vibe about yeah. you. Like you're always smiling. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just, say that. Well, <laughs> I've been cheated then. Every time I've seen you, you've just but you you know in that relaxed like I'm so relaxed yeah. in your company. Like you give off that good vibes and oh, you, at the end of the day, like people need to be able to work with you. Like, yeah, you're not. And I've learned. There's I think, no like airs and graces, no David. Oh about God, you, no, I can't. I, mean? I couldn't. I've definitely no. And I think. I see this and I've, I've never worked with them I'd love to work with them but it's uh, people like Gail and Louise who uh, I first met Gail Gail came to do a workshop with us when I was at college this okay. was 10 years ago she, she was doing it out of Hagen she'd done it in New York and stuff and she came uh, was friends with Jelaine and came in and did a workshop and I got friendly with that and then we just we've been pals ever since okay I've uh, never actually met I, I, oh, met, you know. like, I met Louise and actually it was funny because I interviewed Louise right. online uh-huh. and then at Christmas she was sitting a couple of rows down for me at, at the panel and I was like I need to go and see her and I was like Oh, she was like, oh Louise. my god, and she just like makes you feel like you're Louise going to Because I, I met Louise through Gail, obviously, and then I would, I, I'd go and see other stuff, and um, ended up quite friendly, really, and I ended up singing at Louise's Papa's 90th. Oh, I did, nice the, I did a, like, a swing set for her, um, and then oh. in, in Mary Hill. Well, for them, listening, we're talking about Louise McCarthy. Ah, Louise McCarthy, sorry. <laughs> Hi, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll remember, it was a really fun night, it was, a, it was a Papa's 90th, it was a few years back now. Um, but I was great, but as I'm saying, working with people like these are the kind of people I, I'm. I've been inspired by, yes. like, my, like my friend. I grew up with Ryan Fletcher, mm-hmm. who's now went on to do so many amazing things. And the bland two And the bland, I the bland. I thought that was the thing. So Ryan, because um, you you were in it. I was. I had first yeah, two. Yeah, because I just choreographed the last. Oh, one. did you? Yeah, Chris ah, was there. I mean, well, that was the Ryan thing. and Hannah. Like, Aye. So the thing is, we, me and Ryan, obviously, we go back to kids. Like we grew up together. Of like, he was in, I was in the band. He was. The, he went. I went to the the prodigy school, and he went to the Catholic <laughs> school. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was at Ogilvy and I was at Barra High School. Yeah. And, uh, but we were in bands and he was a, he was actually a drummer in the band. For, was it was a band called Boy Tonic at the time. Him and Joe and that they did a band and then I was in Silverstones. But we were always mates. We always hung about with each other elsewhere. Elsewhere and then we'd never ever get had the chance to work with each other. Mm. Um, 
because he was a proper actor like he'd been stage kid he went for the RCS RSMD sorry should I say at the time of course him and Scott they did the whole youth works thing and then yeah, they came right. through and then he was he was like a child actor I think Scott mm. was more a child actor than Ryan okay and then but then Ryan really kicked on from uh, when he did the NTS and that's yeah. when I, that's that's probably the biggest inspiration for me at that point was when I went to see him in Blackwatch and that is I got that blew serious my mind. FOMO about Blackwatch because oh, I also interviewed uh, Cami Barnes have you not seen it? no I never oh. saw it I remember Lindsay going to see it at the time and she was like ranting and raving about it I was like, I need to see this and I've seen like stuff like online the clips online and whatever but, um, but and I've, I've spoke to so many people yeah. that have been involved or seen it or whatever and I'm like oh, but I had never seen theatre like this at this time yeah, so it was so obviously it was John Tiffany and Stephen Hoggett also the way they staged it because every time you go and see a play it's always on a stage generally speaking it's mostly on a yeah. stage in front of you yeah. but this was done like with the Edinburgh or the tattoo like the ramparts almost so it was you were yeah. either side and everything was done in the middle it was all movement yeah, based it was yeah. musical it was, oh, it was just I, I get goosebumps I remember about it. Lindsay telling me about a scene and it was like a pool table right, well, and it all came out when I was so, like, so Ryan it's, it uh, was Ryan and oh god I can't remember his name for life maybe he's been, he's been only do really well mm-hmm. actor as well um, the two of them that start you're just the, the the whole thing set starts off in a pub and it's like Snow Patrol's playing and, and it's all in a pub, blah, 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 blah. And they're all talking, they're all like, I was in the army, eh, and all that, and it's like, it's all set in Dundee. And, yes. and, and they're all doing their wee bit and then it's like, poof, lights, and then it's like, all the movement, all the, the table, the, the pool table's on wheels and it starts turning and the whole set changes and then it's like, boom, and there's this spotlight on the pool table and then just, poof, and this knife comes up and starts cutting a hole oh through the pole table, and then Ryan and the other guy come out in their in their, their Iraqi war gear, like mm-hmm. like the fatigues and stuff. And, and it's just, I just remember being literally blown away by uh-huh. it. And I was like, oh my god, this is a bit of me. I could, I need to get involved. How did I do this? Yes. Did I do? So I mean, Ryan was always dead helpful with me. He got me in. He got me in as an extra when he, because he got through doing like if he did Fame Academy. Remember that? I went to London. He was in that. Well, he didn't get in, but. When he went down there, he'd done a few episodes of River City at that point, and then they mentioned like, "Oh, so what do you do then?" So, like, well, back home, I'm I'm doing a, a, a soap in River City, and mm. but nobody knew what that was at that point. Okay. It was two thousand and three or something, maybe But uh, he was uh, he kind of took me under his wing because I wasn't that much an actor. I wasn't really an actor at that point. Mm-hmm. It kind of came later. But he got me, and I was like, I need some money for Christmas. He's like, Come on, I'll get. Got me, he got me in as an extra for Sam. And I'm in his very first scenes when he came back. Is that right? Uh, when he's sitting, in the, he's in the pub, and he's he's working his community service outside, and he came in the pub, and I'm like one of the punters in the pub. Been it just shows you though these people like you. He's been in your life for a very yeah. long time, and, and you are off doing your thing. I've, and... I've I've always been a big supporter of him. He does. I go and see everyone he does, and then obviously when he got the, the Pennyworth, which is the big yes. kind of Batman thing. He and I'm a massive Batman fan, so I'm I'm eating all that. Tell me you're a film buff. Yeah, massive. (laughs) And then he, um, but then he was like, I'm doing White Day Pantos, and I'm like, What? I said, He's like, White Day of Panto and Blanton. And I went, I said, How are you going to do that? I said, That doesn't even make sense. And I was like, He's like, I'm going to do it like kind of Aura Moore style, like the Mm -hmm. pop up style. And I said, All right, okay, I get it. I understand what you're thinking. And he, he, uh, to to Ryan's credit, like, the both pant, I've done a laddie and, and, Blant or ever was the two I did, brilliant. and uh, the right the way he's, he's writing is brilliant. It really is. He's, I had it, an absolute ball working on that. Like I've never I've I've, I've done the only other panel I've done I've done a panel with Panting years ago, it's mm-hmm. Pinocchio or whatever. But then the only other panel I've done was with Paul uh, Harper Swan. Oh did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie, Jackie, and the Beanstalk. <laughs> so 
that was my first proper panel. But uh, uh, but then when I did stuff with Ryan, it was like it was one. Uh, arguably, I would definitely say it's one of the best acting jobs I've ever. Oh, nice one. Because we were getting to it was just mates working together. Yeah collaborating and even like he would, he would ask me like advice on like mm. music and stuff and what do you think of this and do you want to try this and yeah it was a really collaborative experience because oh, like, that came out of one panel straight in the next I choreographed the Glasgow Life Panto mm-hmm. which is the touring one that right. goes around all the community centres and all that uh-huh. and I had a great experience with that team like brilliant Julie Brown was directing that and then um, so Greg uh, Robertson yeah had choreographed because he done he done the first two. I yes. tried Greg in that, but Ryan was looking for a I was like, who can who's it? I was like, well, I know Chris, he ain't going to do it. And I was like, who else didn't want this? And I was like, I knew Greg because I've been working with totally. Greg with the Jersey Tones for years. And I was like, yeah, Greg. Because Greg and I have worked together because we did the Theatre Royal Summer Schools right. together. So, um, so Greg kindly because now he's a primary teacher he's and, and he's a dad and all yeah. that. So he kindly put my name forward That's to awesome. Ryan. So that was really cool. Right. Um, and I had such a lovely time. I was got it. I'm not gonna lie, because Ryan phoned me to ask me yeah. to do it, and obviously I hadn't done it because the last time we did it was pre-COVID. And I was always like desperate to get back and do it, yeah. and then but obviously I was away. I was like, of course. I was, I, I, was, I was just so impressed, like the the town as well, like the people that oh, came out for it, like it yeah, was mobbed, yeah. like they did so well. Yeah, we've we've that that's the one thing about Blantyre, especially me and Ryan. I mean, I still live there. Ryan's family still live there, mm-hmm. but everybody knows everybody. Oh and yeah, everybody got that vibe when the people oh. were coming in. Do you know what I mean? We were so we were the whole the whole two runs we did when I was involved. We sold out the whole runs uh-huh. every time, and I'm guessing it happened again. Yeah, no, honestly, like the times that I was there, I was just like, this is yeah. phenomenal. Like what you've achieved, and like. A professional panto, and, and it's proper. Like, Magda McCarrigan's. But it isn't even just. That's the thing, though. Like, it, it wasn't even like it's not even Ryan didn't spare any space. No, so no. Everything he puts together. Cause I don't know if he still uses it. it was the boy Steve and yes. for the lighting and sound it's and that phenomenal. and the screens and yes. Aye. So like this, it just shows you what you can do with. It's not even limited resources, but with that limited space, correct, and still make it entertaining. Yeah, and and like. Bringing panto to communities, well, that's what I liked with the Glasgow Life one because yeah. it's not everybody that can afford to take yeah. their kids to it was the affordable kings prices or, as well. Yeah, and it's you know bringing theatre to communities because I still think that yeah. some people don't think that they belong in a theatre. Oh uh, yeah, I yeah. still think that's a thing. You know, and I was speaking to Ailey Lone, the director who wrote Moorcroft, mm-hmm. the play, and she was saying the same thing. Like, so she wrote Moorcroft, which is about her dad mm-hmm. and his football team, and it's coming back to the Tron, and it's flying. Like, she's yeah. doing so well. But she was saying, like, some of her dad's pals had messaged him saying, "What do you wear to the theatre? They'd never, <laughs> they'd never been, there. Yeah, they'd right. never been in a theatre. They'd never been to the Tron before." Wow. I think she uh, put the quote of the day: fifty-five percent of the audience that went to see the original Moorcroft. Had never been at the time. That's, that's amazing. That's what you want. Yeah. You, want, you want you get people in the door that don't oh, yeah. think they belong going to the theatre. Yeah. And for you, that's a space that you're comfortable with, like going to theatre and yeah. seeing theatre. But no, even I, I would probably have, I would have put myself as one of those people back today though, like because I didn't grow up as a I was not a stagey kid mm. or anything. Like that. I didn't music, um, musical theatre and acting that all came later for me. I was yeah. I'm a very much I'm a football guy. I'm a movies. I'm all that gigs, stuff. Um, gigs. That was um, my thing. Yeah, going yeah, to gigs. I never yeah, really went to theatre, and but uh, but now. I'm a total convert and I, and I love going to all kinds of theatre whether it's I don't care if it's plays musical theatre whatever I'm there I yeah. love it well I would so. recommend going to see Moorcroft I've not Aye. seen it but we're interviewing Ailey and hearing the buzz like Aye. I've got total FOMO of it's not seen that the first time uh, round kind of thing but well, for Blackwatch as well uh, uh-huh. I, no, I mean yeah. Blackwatch for me and is that the kind of work that you would like to do then that it, kind it of was I mean this is the thing I, I'm, very, I'm very much I don't I'm a chameleon I'll do whatever mm-hmm. I don't I don't 
You I don't, don't want to limit yourself to yourself yeah, in the box. I'm, I, was it the whole jack of all trades? Like, that's not the full sentence. Ah, right, okay. So it's something like, jack of all trades, but master of none, but it's better to be a jack of all trades than, than a master of, of none. none. Aye, I can't remember. Right, there okay. is, apparently, it's, that's not the full thing. Aye. And actually, it turns it on its head, going, actually, mm. it's good to right. have that variety. Ah, but that's the thing, though. Variety is a spice of life, is it? It is, it but, is. Aye, so, the cliches, it's, but it's, it's right, it's true. It is, though, because I don't, I've never, ever felt I think because I came into everything and so, I've came into everything through the back door. I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've just like I, I, it was always singing and, and guitar and whatever, uh-huh. and 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 then that playing in bands. But then that then led to yeah. doing the stuff I've been doing, like uh, then musical theatre. And I, I, the reason I went to musical theatre was because I could sing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's how we into acting. And yeah. then from acting, then led to actor musical stuff to then doing. Totally. Everyone's just it's just been a kind of. It's not, I don't want to say symbiotic, but it's been very much like... But so it's it, like you're quite reactive yeah, I'll, to I'll, opportunities. If you see something and you're like, that's a bit of me, you want to try that. Well, exactly. When I saw Blackwatch, I was like, that's gonna, that, that was uh, my idea, like, going into acting. Yeah. And then I saw, or, or any kind of movies and stuff, or then when I saw like Choir Man, I'm like, boom, that's a bit of yeah. me. I wanted... Mm-hmm. I, it has to, something has to, to speak to me, has to grab yes. me, grab my attention to get me interested in it. And then, yeah. But then, yeah, once you get involved in this world, though, it's like... It, it, it tends to lead to to different things, of course. but even and all the while you're doing like the the cosmopolitan big band, yeah, and that, the Jersey tone stuff, yeah, like your bubbly yeah, stuff, like because yeah. I saw you got, you were doing like a solo show as Aye, well and so doing that. I, that was and that even came about. I was meant to actually do that a year ago uh-huh. um, on the ship, and then I got COVID the day, day before. So that that cancelled that, and I was in a, I was in isolation for fifteen days wow. in, a, in a cabin, right. which was nightmare. But um, I saw that I, it was literally a year to the day uh, this that December there, and I was I was uh, I think it was a cruise director was going does anybody I think I can't remember if they asked or if, I think somebody said they were looking for something to fill up the schedule. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I've got a show. I said I was meant to do it a year ago and I never did it. I says, but I'm happy to step in. Uh-huh. And then uh, yeah, they they they, they said I go for it, and then I went in and it was like a full house, wow. and I just went up and did my thing. And but the thing is, when I'm doing it here, the whole bubbly thing. When, I'm do- when I've been doing it here over the years, it's been a tribute. So mm-hmm. it's very much the moves, the voice, like okay. singing, like it, like him yes. doing the, the the accent and all that stuff, making it a show for like, when you go into uh-huh. these gigs, whatever. But whereas this time, I got to it was more like a celebration of nice. it's me singing, singing the, the songs music, of and the, uh-huh. but being myself and and it was nice to do the show my way without doing it as You're a not in character, yeah, not in the yeah. character thing, yeah. And because I just love this music and and of course it's my dad's fault basically. <laughs> I, Is that right? Oh, he's he's my he was a massive. No, no, he can't sing for shit. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but he loves he loves Sinatra and Tony Bennett and all okay. that. And I grew up with this, hearing this stuff as a kid, and I was like a rock and roll guy, and I was always like, oh, guys, turn my turn my shit after man. I don't like this. And then twenty years yeah. later, I'm, uh, I make a living. <laughs> so, but I, I I caught the bug for it. I loved it, and, and it was really nice to. It's a gift he's given me that I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he even realised, and I never realised at the time. This so gift. Sure of that the, music, all these things know. are just like. Yeah. permeating and they're just living yeah. there and and that thing about being a chameleon and being somebody who just goes after it the thing is though like a lot of the stuff I've done over the years <laughs> I've, I've never I wouldn't even necessarily say I've been fully A qualified already ah. but who, who is? but it was David it was I've seen David Bowie saying he's talking about um, you should like tread in water like if it's too deep 
that's when you know you're in the right place because mm-hmm. you should never you should never be fully Comfy. ready for or comfortable. Mm-hmm. You should never be comfortable ready. You've yeah. got to do things that scare you and, and make you it, it, to make you think and yes. make you because that, that that gets your best work out totally. of you. Totally. And, and how are you going to advance if you don't? Yeah, and, and even yourself. even like with the, with the world of like choir and man and stuff like that was new to me. It was my f- I mean I'd done professional work, but mm-hmm. that was probably my first like proper what you people would say is a professional credit and that's okay. even though I'd, all my credits prior are still professional of course but in that world of stage and yes, theatre and stuff right, maybe uh-huh. it was like more a, a, a credit in that sense so going to work with all these kind of uh, people down south and I'd never I don't, and again I was totally fresh out of the box in that sense so mm. didn't know any of these people like they're all uh, London based or whatever so yeah. but you throw yourself into you it you do I mean that first day even going on to the Blanto Panto I didn't know anybody yeah all these years of doing the job that I do, mm. you think you would be all right. Because I, I, I do continually go into situations where I don't know anybody and I've never done this job yeah. before. But even at that, like, because I finished one panto one week and I was going to this one and I was like, I knew Greg would have done a good job. Aye. These are all professional actors. They're using the dancers like Gampta. Do you uh. know what I mean? And like that, but five minutes in, you realise like, oh God, we're actually all the same. But the Everybody's- thing is, uh, in the process with Ryan and that though, is they don't... <sighs> They, it's such a relaxed, oh, yeah. comfortable working environment where everybody's free to to to, to contribute and, and chat. It's not it's not like a dictatorship. Like, no, you stand there, you like it was no. very much. It was a very uh, collaborative. collaborative. Aye. Yeah. and I've I personally I've been really lucky. Like I've worked in productions at the Tron yeah. and stuff, and it, it, that's the environment that they you harbour. That's what they encourage. Yeah. Do you know I mean, in a but still that that nerves. I don't know how you oh, feel about nerves, oh. like. Ah, it's a weird one because I I definitely still hundred percent get nervous for everything that I do, uh, but it's just a it's a way you got to harness that. Mm. Nervous well, I always energy. say to young people, it's because you care. Yeah, you want it to go well, like so. Yeah. Like, oh, my tummy, and I'm like, that's good. Like, yeah. I'm glad you've got that because, like, if you were like, ah, that's well, I had a situation. I had a situation. I was sitting last August. And I was doing my my Asda delivery driver stuff, mm-hmm. and then I got the call for the choir man, uh, for the producer Carol. He's like, um, "Could you go and do French tomorrow night?" I went, "Eh." He's like, "I thought Connor's got tonsillitis. He's not gonna be able to do the show, so we need somebody to come in." Just abandoned the Asda so like, uh, But at this point, the, the, a lot of the dialogue had been rewritten. Oh, wow. So I was like, I mean, I've done the show. Like, I just finished, obviously, at that point was April, which was August. I'd done the show. The last time I'd done the show was April. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the version I'd done was a different version oh of the fringe gosh. version. He's like, he's like, can you do it? I went, I went, aye, all right. You're like, why did I say that? I was like, shit. I was like, so what are we going to do? And then I, I remember I was sitting in a van, like, going through all this new dialogue. Oh, I was like, ah, oh, because basically the, the, the poet's, mono, poet's initial monologue is like 10 minutes plus long. Wow. The, the initial, right, okay. like, you're just chatting because you're introducing him and him and him and him. And him. Yes. And you, you just have a full on introduction of the, the whole cast, basically. And so nobody's helping you. So, no, it's just me. It's just me. And you're the only person that talks in the show as well. The poet's the only person that talks Is in the that show. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because anytime there's like everybody's singing and whatever, but anytime there's a kind of breakout moment, it's the poet it's coming poet. out and talking to the audience and doing the monologue and, and telling the story wow. of the pub and whatever. Um, but yeah, so I was remember sitting, I was like, and bear in mind that yeah, nobody's getting their messages today oh I no I, I done my shift I did, I did finish my shift I'll do that I sort of any time at that point to stop I was like sit like that the book oh and then, and then I remember I came home and that was probably about I think I finished about 9 or 10 and I got in the house and I was like right get your head into this I was just up all night just going through everything walking about my living room just pacing just getting like all the beats and stuff but I didn't even have a the next day because my mate Josh who was a barman 
uh, he was a show captain. He's like, right, we'll come in, come into Edinburgh about three o'clock. Went, mm-hmm. he booked a wee space, mm-hmm. went, and I just ran through the speeches, just me performing them. And he's like, yeah, that's fine, because he's been doing the show for years, and he's like, you know, he knows I've been doing it for years mm-hmm. as well, but not this iteration. Yes. And then it was a case of, boom, done that. Went to the, the assembly hall, about the top of the mound thing. <laughs> And then uh, I was on stage by seven, and then my mate, my mate Adam was, he was a tapper on my contract. He's like, Good luck, mate. <laughs> like, Cheers, man. Thank you. And he was just winding me up, and yeah, uh, because he was winding, because even during my introduction to him, he's winding me up. I'm like, Shut up, mate. Like, because I get this thing where I, when I'm on stage, sometimes uh, if I get an autopilot, I start talking to myself. Like, my wee monkey brain starts talking to myself, and I'm like, yeah, like you don't know what you're doing. Aye, it's like, but that, like, my head was, my head was like, just get if you can get through the opening speeches, everything else you've done is pretty much the same. I had no rehearsal, whatever, just like when you go, and it was bloody brilliant. I loved it. It was just, it went well. Just, Couldn't have went any better. And I, I love went, it. I got managed to get my family all come out and Aww. got my tickets to see it. And my brother and sister in law had never seen it at that point. Is that right? So they came through, my wee niece came through to see it. Nice well. son. So, nice. So it was great, but I was. I'd always that? wanted to do the show at the Fringe because that's Aye. where I first saw it and it Take was like a it was a full circle moment like I come back and I managed even though it was only one night I was like I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take this and, and love the experience of it because ah. I, might, I might never do it again in this iteration of and at the Fringe so I was like mm. yeah it was such a great experience so I just getting to finally set foot I've done the Fringe with other things like um, some Broadway and a bar stuff with Paul and that but yes. I'd never done a show at the Fringe and I was always wanting to do one and to Enjoy do it with me. a show that I love I was like well this is it yeah couldn't have, couldn't have asked for a better experience than that. And are you, um, so a couple of weeks home, are you itchy feet? Oh, I, I think I had itchy feet when I go to Glasgow Airport. <laughs> I was like, uh, swatting for the airport. Get me going, back to the show. I saw it's uh, for me, like, I, the traveling aspect is, is, a, is a big part of that, especially, I mean, don't go wrong, I love, I'd love to be doing work here, mm-hmm. um, but. If I'm going to do something else than being away and working in these, like getting to see these amazing places and, and doing a job you love, is you can't ask for any more. Yeah. Um, and you're a bit jammy. I'm not going to lie, I've definitely, I've definitely, was it, fell on a claim, couldn't be a sound. So, hi, I've, I've got lucky, but I, I can't, um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because I love home, I love Scotland, mm-hmm. I love being here, but I've now been away now, I think I've been away pretty much on and off. Pandemic aside, Side, yes. I've been away from Scotland more than I've been in it for the last three years. But I, I, as much as I love all my home comforts, I love it, I love being here and I love, but there's, there's just, I've got this kind of like itch now to yeah, go away and work away. And, makes sense. Yeah, it's fun. It's, and I think at, at this age as well, like, I'm not getting any younger. So all the opportunities that I get, I'm, I'm grabbing them. I Every time. But yeah, it's... Uh, Inquirer man's been really good for me and they've been great to me and offered me everything they've offered me so far. So I, I, I can't... Well, you're obviously doing an excellent job, Jeremy. I mean, I'm obviously... I wouldn't even say that. It's just, I don't know. I'm just... I, yeah. I'll say it. <laughs> I think as well now because I can play two roles in the show now as well so I, I, I've got that kind of swing capacity Absolutely. and obviously the show's kind of blew up now because it's in London mm. uh, I got nominated for an Olivier last year um, it's, it's, it's just started it's oh I really want to see it now oh you need to go and see it, it. Yeah, it's just yeah, started yeah. it's new West End run it's got a new cast and my mate some of my mates through my other contracts have been cast in it which okay. is cool and some of my other mates have been jumping in as swings here oh, and there well. So it's definitely, it's on the list of things I'd love to mm-hmm. tick, like like mm-hmm. Fringe was, if I could get yeah. to go in the West End with quite a man. Thoughts become amazing. things, just put it out. Yeah, I know the, the secret, I know the secret. Is it, is it? Um, you have to just 
I yeah, don't... And, not, and, not, and not limit your thoughts and your feelings about what you could yeah, do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because look what you've achieved, that's all you, you did that. Um, I, it's, it's weird, I, mean, I don't, you don't think about it at the time. I know you don't, you of don't, course you don't, you just, you're just reactive and you're just going I think it was my mum saying, she's like, you need, to, you need to enjoy this while you're doing it, because you're going to look back and I'm going, I pro and then now obviously I'm back after being away for eight, nine months, I'm going, you're yeah, back in Belsa. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bill's still done it. I've not even done that yet. I'm, I'm still, I've, I've, I've been putting that off. I'm like, you go to pay the bills, so I probably will. Oh, and then just back out gigging and stuff. Yeah. But the, um, I, it's, it's the whole like, um, Choir of Man is a, is a great vehicle for so many things, and I love, I love working with them, and I love mm. all the guys. I've, 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 I've been I've very fortunate. As well, yeah, I've on, on any show, but. You know, I think as well we because especially on a ship because you're working with you you're with these guys for every day for eight months and like you don't you even see your on. friends and family back home that often mm-hmm. so but you're lucky we're lucky that everybody and all the cast this is that was my fifth cast or something mm. yeah I think it was my third third ship cast and then and then on land I had two casts so that's my that was my fifth cast. But then I'm guessing with your attitude, if everyone's like you in terms of just like, you know, you're open and you yeah. know, you're an honest person and that you're up for a good time and you're wanting to work hard That's, and you're, yeah. you're wanting the show to go well, like yeah. you're there for like all the right reasons, yeah. and then... It does work, you know. That I think that's part of the that's part of the requirements casting process is they make sure they yeah, cast the right people because they make sure that like they because it is such a they care about the material yeah you have to care about it and I think yeah. that's it's, it's, it's maybe changed a little bit since it became West End now so they're maybe getting more people in now that they probably wouldn't have seen before and the, okay. and prior to that they were using a lot of people they used the same guys for a lot of the mm. contracts back back to back but it's kind of opened up which is great because it opens up quite a man now to a new audience as yeah. well there's so many people now that have seen it because you, of the West like End you're saying that about the subject matter like in terms yeah. of mental health like Huge, yeah, you know, that's massive. and like, and, and mean, a thing it's still people, an issue. Do you oh, mean? mega, mega. I mean, there's like, a, we were that I was at that Stacey Dooley thing last night, and she's written a book about mental health, and she was saying like, you know, we are a bit more comfy talking about anxiety, we are a mm. bit more comfy talking about depression, but there are still, oh, still taboos. Massive stigma uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many people, like everybody. I, I would be amazed if the if people who in any walk of life but particularly in the performance industry you have not went through some form of depression because it's, yeah. it's just an absolute given purely and the world that we live in yeah especially pandemic uh, pre-pandemic I think there's Correct. a lot of people probably who'd never maybe had any mental health issues probably have because yeah, of the nobody's pandemic nobody's immune to it no, no. do you know what I mean like, God, no. and if you, if you haven't experienced something yourself you're going to know somebody really close to you yeah. that has and it's whether they've felt the ability to speak to you or somebody yeah. else about it do you know what I mean but like I think these vehicles like theatre shows mm-hmm. or TV or whatever it is like that make it less to well, even, open it out even stuff like I mean I, I, I've kind of became a fan of him but I wouldn't say I like listening to music all the time mm. but somebody like uh, Louis Capaldi yes. who I just I only just watch his Netflix documentary person for yeah. talking about your mental health he's he's went full on with it and just, yeah. just did laid, you like, laid watch the Stephen Bartlett uh, interview that it's Diary of a CEO Oh, did an interview with him it was really good right. really is this good. the one that was in the documentary is um, this, I don't, this... I've not actually seen the documentary oh you should watch it um, you need to watch it but he did an interview with him um, and it, it was just so because he actually said to him you're, you're asking me questions and nobody's ever asked yeah. me and he just was like a total open well because like, Lewis Crowley came out of Motherwell as well because uh-huh. Scott Cowie was his you know Scott mm-hmm. obviously he was his uh, tutor at college I think he was there and a while after, I left and I think he came after. I think okay. it was like 2016, 2017 time Aye. or something like that when he came in. Um, but he's, I mean, and I the just, pressures of like, you can't, you can't imagine like on that scale, like 
you know, the pressure that he's under Aye. to produce and perform. Well, I mean, he's, and... went, he's global. He's went, uh-huh. I mean, who'd have thought a wee kid like him who's went mm. on is number one worldwide? I can only imagine. The thing is, he, he hides it well because when you see him talking, you're like, oh, that's still a boy that's, he's just being himself and he is. Yes. But, Obviously, when you watch this documentary, you see the other side of it, and yeah. he's, got, he's got real problems with like Tourette's and That's tics right. and stuff like that. And you see it. I've actually noticed it. I watched something recently, and his tics got really quite bad, and he's showing them. Because I heard and... he's taking some time off to rest, and I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. the thing about the the industry and performing arts and stuff. That, like, is that treadmill, and, and you're kind of beheld to other people's schedules. Yeah. Like, you're audition well, for this tomorrow yeah. you know and, and it is that self-care and looking after yourself but mental health well. is not I don't think mental health was really taken into consideration mm-hmm. for a, like in the performance world up until in, in recent times it started to become a bit more prevalent yeah. because people are willing to talk about it now totally. whereas they weren't before it was almost like you've got to hide it because if you don't if you, yeah. t- if you let people know this they're, they're not going to cast you or they're not whatever and I'm just like it's, it's just such so a wrong. horrible people are going to burn out and yeah and people and people have been like de- dealing with all this stuff with and within yeah. and quietly and this is how like at least to the stuff we don't want to talk totally, about you know totally. um, so I just feel like yeah I, I think there's things that they could do better mm. or have, and I think it's getting better people feeling that they can openly talk about things yeah. now yeah. on either social media or t- the only thing I worry about now is I, I think there's people now that take advantage of it and you oh, try no and do. use it as a as no a and advice and all that you know and, and I do like I worry for young people just because of the volume of like well, everything's even, like documented yeah my niece now obviously she's going to be 13 in October she's mm. basically a teenager now but like I, I grew up pre-internet and yeah. I didn't know like the thing about the internet as great as it's been and, and, and social media and great as it is there's there was an ignorance, ignorance is bliss totally. for us for us growing up. Yeah, we, you can make all your mistakes and it's not great yeah, to get but now documented every, on and, every social media platform. And there's a whole like, because of this influencer kind of um, mm. life now where the, the, the social media is all about, it just shows everybody's great moments and highlights and stuff and I've been guilty of that over the years of posting, we all are. We posting all stuff that's yeah. oh that yeah. people probably look at my profile and because I've been away and look at the stories Living the life. But I'm only po- but I'm not posting the, the other bits like maybe I, maybe I probably should um, but I feel like it, it gives off um, social media and especially now with TikTok and Instagram mm. it gives off um, a false narrative a lot, a lot of people now are living this life of how they feel what they should try and, and they're going to try, have to try and attain right, like emulating this yeah like, and it's, it's just stuff not it's not and experiences yeah. and everyone's got to be shiny and like yeah. the best of gear and, and life isn't uh-huh. like that it's not no. it's not and I think it's just it's, it's teaching worry. young people like, the tools of like this is not real like, yeah. it's a snapshot it's a window into somebody's world but it's I do worry about picture. these kids I've only grown up with the I social know, media now and I don't know what the hell that's going to lead to down the line do you yeah. know what I mean and it's, yeah. it's a scary well, thought Stacey Dooley was saying last night she's just had the baby so she was like I'm hoping by the time my kid gets to the age where they would have social media that we're not into it oh, anymore it's not, it's not it's cool going, anymore Aye, it's uh, kind of a bit naff I, I, to have social media I, I feel like it's here for the, the, the generation yeah. and I mean though. gosh it's been such a powerful tool for me in terms of like yeah. you know the dance troupe we didn't have a website for a whole year yeah. we got all our gigs on Facebook do you yeah. know what I mean like I'm not down in social media but I think like I'm lucky that like, I've known the other side of not yeah. having social media the so pro- I can see it for what is, it is yeah the problem for for performance based people like ourselves is it's, an, it's a That's necessary a, evil yeah. now uh-huh. and it's it's I think you can use it as a force of good but it can I think for me it's it, it's, it's definitely led to an increase in depression and whatever mm-hmm. because if you think about you wouldn't even know what people were up to unless no, somebody told you back in the day 
now you see it instantly. Comparison is the thief of yeah, joy. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my favourite things. I Me say too. a quote. I live by that, I, I, and it's hard not to compare because you totally. you see you see. Oh my god, their life's amazing. Oh no, but their life's amazing. And you're like, but it's known. It's known what you want, and I think that's a difficult yeah. thing sometimes. Like because like that, you're looking at everybody and like, yeah. oh, they've got. It's hard. You you got you've got to try and quiet. I mean, I've went off it a few times. Like mm-hmm, I've took mm-hmm. pro- prolonged breaks off it. I was off it yeah. from last. I would say like last April to what, and the only reason I went back home was in January because my fortieth, and I went, I better mark the occasion. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> so you're only forty once, you know. So, Absolutely. So I went back on, and then I've ended up staying on it, and I posted a few things here and there yeah. uh, through that period. And but I was like, even myself, I was like, I get oh hey, oh, right, how did I, what did I do? And like I get like some people are just so good at toasting quick and doing their things mm. and just do it. Whereas I'm like, I overthink, overthink it. it. I overthink. Listen, I'm the queen of overthinking. Oh, me as well, big pal. time. Big time. Oh, I mean, if there's any... I've told you about my jackets, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll oh, just buy oil. Like, I... Somebody took me in a salad place the other week there and they were like, it was like a salad bowl thing. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed with the choice. Oh, I was yeah. like, I can't deal with the choice. Like, I used don't to ask do... me to make a decision. <laughs> I used to do that for you. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is like a bear and all in it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it with me at the McDonald's and KFC in Hamilton. I'd, uh-huh. I'd go out and go, what do I want? McDonald's or KFC? McDonald's or KFC? I'll just get both. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't decide. I would, I, would, I would be the opposite. I would just leave because I can't uh, make no, a decision. I would, but either leave or, or I will spend something I'll just sit and I don't even realise how, how long mm-hmm. has passed where I've went, Jesus Christ, just decide. Just make, just make just a make decision. decision. Yeah. I'm like, so I, I think that's one thing or one of the things I really need to get better at mm. is making, being decisive. But just it. knowing yourself and going, Aye. it's fine. I'm decisive. And like, if I make that decision, yeah. then but I'm I think is, I've, been de- I've been decisive with a lot of I was gonna say, like, life you're, choices. You're, I've been decisive. I've had a career and you're like, you're yeah. like leaving your job to go back to, co- like all that. But like, my family all laugh at me. <laughs> When I go to a restaurant and they get the menu and they're oh, like, I hate it. Oh, no, I've got to be here all night because yes. Gary's got to pick. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it. I don't and, know. I, and I think uh, for me, it seems like doing the right thing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I've got this thing. It, it comes especially like if I have to go pick some something on someone's behalf. <laughs> so if you were saying to me to the shop and be like, yeah. at least I get a packet of biscuits. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, no. Nah. I mean, I did it the day because I bought bourbons but I already had them and I was like well, Gary doesn't like chocolate <laughs> like I was nearly texting you do you know what I mean like I'm leaving it anyway I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, but I, I totally that totally resonates uh, and that's the thing doing this podcast I like it the long formness because you do get to peel the curtain back yeah, a bit and yeah, it's not yeah. all singing or dancing all yeah. happy oh, God, all, yeah. for, for MDs it doesn't matter yeah. where they are what they've done every, we're essentially we're all the same yeah, in that, exactly. that case but, um, we all go to the toilet Correct, correct. <laughs> but uh, like I really appreciate you just telling me those aspects of you, Aye. you know, and whether this ends up in the podcast or not, because that'll, oh, be, no, that'll be your Aye. decision. But I, I just appreciate that um, that openness because I think Aye. we just need to say it more and oh, talk I know, more. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We're all fallible. We're all. Oh God, I've all got our thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I overthink is definitely one of my th- worst things. It's it's one of the things that I've been dealing with for a long time. But you just. Uh, I think there's you find ways to deal with it for mm. me like like one of my things I've it was probably because of the pandemic was walking I'm right into like walking yes. so I'm, I'm doing like 10k a day every day well and stuff like that like, I've signed up to a marathon walk oh well I did I did the walk and 
2018. This is the extreme things that the cupcakes decide to do just to get us together. We can't get together for a coffee, but we're not doing a marathon walk in September. You should do the cup. Well, you should do the cup. I know it's been already. I think it's been in time. I I was. It was. It was through the guys uh, with are called the Tire Walking Rollers in Blanter, and it's uh, some boys that run bands that we all grew up together. But they've been doing it for years, and then I, I end up. (laughs) <laughs> it was we Scott Fletcher's party uh-huh. I mean it was say dad's there one day I was just I was literally just going to buy some rolls and sausage and he was like we are doing I'm like ah no much you just got to go buy some food whatever what are you doing ah we're going to do the kilt walk do you want to do it and I went aye <laughs> like I mean I don't want to put the fear on you but Please I, I, do, because I'm probably needing to pick up the bum. <laughs> I've never done walking of any length other than walking around the shops or whatever mm. or walking here walking to school whatever but this was what twenty three miles. It was yeah. for Glasgow Green to Loch Lomond. Yeah. Oh my so god. I got. I go. I go to mile fifteen. I think it was, and like my quads had just seized up. <gasps> okay. And then I got to like I still had another whatever like yeah. fifty eight miles to go. And then everyone was just I was in, my body minutes. was in bits by the time I got to the end. But it's like, do you know what? I'm glad I did it. We did it yes. for a, I really, we did it for the Haven Cancer Charity in Barnard. Nice and, and one. So it was, it was this for is from Macmillan. This right, one. So right. is, that's that was obviously the pool as well. So we were yeah, it was great to to do it for that. I mean, I mean that paint we went back to the Hulots in Barnard and, and <laughs> the best paint ever. Probably the best paint <laughs> ever had. And I, I Chinese. I fell asleep eating my Chinese. Like I was, I've like, got a rehearsal <laughs> the next day for Oklahoma, and I'm like, I don't know who I think I am. I'm going to be oh, sitting in a rubber ring. I was I was <laughs> but that's that's the thing but, but if you, just to go back for a mental health point of view and all that yes. kind of stuff uh, yes. walking for me is oh what a mindful it's activity. mad how something so simple just being out and about in the fresh air and in, in nature it helps and they say all these things and you're like yeah 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 we know but it's like it actually doing it yeah. it's like drinking water for me I just don't do it and yeah. they're like drink the water like uh, that's why your head's sore that's why your head's cloudy like you're dehydrated yeah, yeah. like it's a thing you that know? Wa- for me water was always a thing because of uh, like singing and, yeah, and I had course. to drink and even like on the ship like because it's such a dry air in the mm. ship it's all the time so you're drinking it's but they've got water fountains like everywhere and you just fill, fill your bottle yeah. but yeah, yeah water's water's something we all I've, I've, to be honest since I've come home I've barely drunk any like but only yeah, because I've been basically a, drinking it like I've been drinking it like non-stop <laughs> for like eight months <laughs> But but I, that self-care is important I mean especially yeah. because, because you're given especially when you, you are working you're doing a show like you're given so much to yourself on stage yeah I mean know? that especially quite well quite a man specifically like it's physically it's uh-huh. one of the if you do it right yes which I'm not saying I would say most people do it right I but sometimes maybe, yeah but sometimes some people phone in but you can tell when something's phoning mm-hmm. in 100% mm-hmm. and especially when you watch back the footage and stuff like that but like every time I, I would leave everything I had on that stage mm-hmm. every time I did it um, yeah. and I kind of like I would every time you come off I was an absolute puddle uh-huh. and that was like you would do that show and then you'd have to you'd have a break and go do it all again <sighs> that was probably the hardest thing the turnaround between uh-huh. shows was tough um, but it's, as I say it's all singing all dancing all music and it's just like but you felt great after it. Of course, you the felt such, of it. Yeah, because yeah. the the like audience wise, it's uh, the the reception we would get on that ship because like we'd have like two days anonymity when they, when yes. everybody comes on the ship and then once to see the show. Uh. Oh, it's the choir boys! Oh, <laughs> they're like, hey, choir men, and, and, and they're all stopping the one photos and stuff. I mean, so many people's photos were away now because of choir men. Yeah. I mean, all these experiences that you're having, like, I think it just it, it surely makes you're a better person it makes you a more well-rounded person you're meeting people from all around the world I think that's probably the thing best you love, that's you know? probably the nicest thing about the, the working on it is is, is what, meeting all these nationalities mm. like I mean we are all, even in within the group like 
just for the cast point of view, it was Scotland. In this cast, it was Scotland, England, Ireland. Uh-huh. And then uh, in the band, we had uh, the guitarist was the Argentinian, uh, the violin player was Ukraine. Wonderful. Drummer was American, the bass player was American, and then we got a violinist that took over. Uh, Stan was Russian, and and just even like getting to know all the different cultures of different fascinating, like all the Argentinian. Like we'd be at one point with an Argentinian show, uh, you'd love this it's called Malevo. You can look them up. They're an Argentinian okay. dance group. Ooh. They do all this kind of. It's hard. Can't remember the name of the stuff, the style it is. Their version of like river dance, but it's like slappy. Ooh, um, it's all legs, like, all stuff. It's all legs. Stuff. Yeah, it's all nice. ba- malevo means something like horse or something or something like that. Okay. But um, oh, nice. all the Argentinians on the ship, and we had a lot of Argentinians in that group. Or the Argentinian, and then our guy, but they all drink this mate, which is like this right. Argentinian tea, and they all get their little mug. But their, their culture is. You, they, they, something they do together okay. and then they're drinking it they, they'll they pour it uh-huh. but then you give it to, you've got to Aww. pour it and give it just gets a little straw and everybody takes their turn and they all drink it together Aww. such a weird thing but a bit, like, well, like, some of your guys end up getting into it and doing the whole matty drinking matty that communal yeah, thing yeah. Like. but as I say just meeting all these uh, different nationalities and, and seeing how everybody's cultures differ and but how much we're all the same at the same yeah. time you know yeah. We're, yeah. we're all the same we're in the crew bar getting pissed <laughs> it's a level of it <laughs> exactly exactly so, oh, well, I'm so excited for you to see what happens next yeah. the next part of the adventure Aye, I'm sure you'll just um, well it sounds like you put good things out in the world so I am a believer of aye. you know that universe Aye, I don't, what you put out. As I say, you're talking about what's the plan. I don't really plan what. Well, the initial plan would probably is to get the bubbly stuff or the, the the rat pack stuff onto the ships. I'd like nice. to go and do the the guest end fly out stuff because nice one. If I, could I know. Do that, I always fancied. Like I wish the yeah. cupcakes had done that. You st- I mean, that's it's something that yeah. it's something that I explored years ago or spoke about years ago. Uh-huh. We doing the Jersey Boy stuff and all that, and then we thought we could do it, and it just never happened. But then having now You've done, done it, it. you've well, done so it. Uh-huh. You've got that even, in. Yeah, I was there and I was like, yeah, and you know, I, it works. I know what's required, I know what to do. Brilliant. So now it's a case of just doing it. And that's this is where the next kind of chapter comes in and how you get that happening because you've got to do it through guest end agents. You can't just book yourself on. Yes. So it's, 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 it's not an easy thing to get into, but once no. you get into it, once you're in that, and yeah. I've managed to make some good contacts. Well, you've proven yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, that was, that, the thing is, that's when I got asked to do it, I was like, that's my reason. Yeah. Because uh, I thought it's my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it shows them what I'm all about, what I'm doing, and then and working. They saw it as like an audience and stuff, and they're like they were really happy with it. And Great. So I've managed to get like the crews, the people that are going to give me references and stuff, and nice so that's one. that's the kind of the next thing that I'm mm-hmm. kind of working towards. Obviously, choir man's and always in my thoughts mm-hmm. and back burner, but I'm I'm not I'm totally open to anything and everything. I don't really, I don't have a a five year plan. No. Bucket list wise, shows wise, I've always like. I've, I've had ideas of shows I'd mm-hmm, love to do mm-hmm. obviously Jersey Boys was one of the ones that I always fancied um, yeah. Tommy DeVito I'd love to play that part and then like once was one I'd mm-hmm. love my, my friend Sean that's in was in Quiet Man movie he just did the concert version down in London oh, okay. and I think he did it in Dublin as well and I think it was going to Japan or something wow. I think as well so that's another show that I would if I, if that addition had worked out I maybe would have ended up in that mm-hmm. cast with Dan because I was up for the drummer spec at that one so. I see I see but uh, aye it's got to trust the universe isn't you and just be like go, I'm throwing it out there I, yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't really I mean it might all end tomorrow and I might end up just doing something else who knows I don't, I don't know I don't see it I don't see it you've got to look you've got to look ahead to a, at some point I think you, you will perform and might not be well I mean yeah for me like the cupcakes we've not picked it up since Covid yeah. it's just been tricky with the team that I've got you know I mean right. everybody's lives 
moved on in that time, you know, jobs, babies, all the rest yeah. of it. Do you know those people having like actual grown up? <laughs> Here's me just still playing with my pals. So I'm not performing anymore, but I've not put the full stop on that. I think well, that's I mean, what it is. still got the big band as well, and I'm, I'm yeah. looking to get back. The thing with the big band, that's been going since 2009, which is mad when that's I think about phenomenal. it. And it only got put together, it was Kimberly and James put it together back and they've been talking about it. And then uh, the first gig I'd say to him was my dad's, uh, obviously, look, you just want to do my dad's 60th for a, <laughs> do a surprise uh, 60th for Rat Pack night or Vegas nice. night kind of thing. And then we did the rehearsal, and I said, is there any chance I can do a couple of songs with mm-hmm. That's it. And then like, ah, and then I did rehearsal them. And then they, they asked me to join and the done. band. And that was, what's that now, 14 years or something? That's mad. Uh, obviously, I've been in and dipping in the yeah, last yeah, couple yeah, of years. Totally. But prior to that, we were gigging all the time. And done so many really fun gigs, like um, Christmas Light Switch On and God, George oh, Square. I love that a Christmas awesome. Light, yeah. Totally. That was 10,000 10, people. That was it's amazing. phenomenal, And then, it? like, uh, doing all these charity balls and stuff for, like, for Rangers or whatever. And, ah. Doing all that kind of stuff and just yeah. So the big bands, I'd love to. I'd, who knows how long that'll go? To be honest, we've probably ran over the time that we should have. But the band's such a good people band. still want it. Yeah, you know? and That's it's hard. As for Kimberly, though, she she runs it and she's amazing at what she does. Mm. And all the guys that run the band are amazing. So, but there's there'll, there'll probably come a point where it it made this band. But they've you never know. Who knows what's going to happen? I think yeah. you just got to be. Just you've got to be in it. Yeah, I mean you've just got to be putting yourself out there. Just like yeah. that energy going. Look after yourself. Like absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm so impressed by you. I think it's awesome what you've ah, achieved. Thanks very much. I, I, as I said, I don't really think about it. I don't. I genuinely don't. I don't. I just look at it as I've been doing. Been really fortunate and grateful to do stuff that I've loved all the years, and it's it's just became this kind of collection of experiences. Yeah. I've never. Well, that skill set yeah. you've got, it's like, you well, know, you've got the versatility yeah. in terms of the roles and the things that you could go for and, yeah. you know, that you bring to the plate. You know what I mean? Like that actor muso thing and mm-hmm. yeah, it's not to be underestimated. I, I mean, the thing is though, I'm kind of, always I'm at this 40 age range now, but I still don't feel like I'm in that <laughs> look See that category. thing you do in the form, you have to tick the bracket and you've moved, you're not ticking that one. But that's the thing, when you're on spotlight though, I don't know what my age bracket is now because mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm, but I don't want to end up like... It's like that, uh, is it Steve Buscemi? He's like, hey kids, and he's like, comes in with a hat, I'm, like, I'm sitting with a hat on the room, like, like I'm trying to be a teenager or whatever. But it's weird though, because I'm ready for, I'd love to play the older roles, uh-huh. but I'm not, I don't think I would ever get cast in them, because I don't think I look mm-hmm. old enough yet, you know? So I, the, only, the oldest one I did probably was when I did Callahan. For, I, I got asked to go back, it was actually Chris Wilson, who okay. messaged me and said, well, I think he, he hooked me at a wedding one night, we were sitting <laughs> chatting, and he's like, I think you'd be good Callahan, and I'm like, what? <laughs> at that point, I'd never even seen the film, mm-hmm. never seen the musical, but I had an idea, and in my head, my Callahan was kind of based off one of the Mad Men characters, ah. uh, the grey hair, I can't remember his name. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking like, about. So, so I kind of based my Callahan uh-huh. on him, how he looked, how he portrayed, and, yeah. and made him this kind of really sleazy, mm-hmm. like older yeah. guy, which is what Callahan yeah. is anyway. Um I, we aged him up obviously I went grey for the for the show and stuff and, God, yeah. and shaved and made myself look older and stuff and but I, it was really I really loved it doing that part actually it was a great it was for something that I didn't think I was because I thought I was out, out way done way um, like Amdram at that point okay and then I ended up staying and doing Grease one more time because I was like <laughs> well mate as well anytime I've stepped into Amdram is because when I've been at, when I've been between agents I jumped in obviously and did Chicago as well um, so back did. in 2019 and well it was meant to be Amos and then obviously two weeks before that that's I had to right. step in and do Billy Fun I remember that, um, was a good, that was a great show that was fun oh, did you see it yes oh I didn't know you saw it there mm-hmm. you go uh, the thing is I obviously 
Billy was a part of Wonder Wanted anyway, so I, I mean, I, like you were phenomenal. Oh, thank you, that thank was you great. very much. But it was good to. I think that was the last time I saw you in something. Uh, that's definitely a part I'd love to do professionally. Billy mm. Flynn, that's such a good part. That it's, would be aye. aye. I could see that happening. It's, it's, it's one things. of the it's one of the ones that suits for. Like, don't get wrong, I don't. That's what I'm talking about being a chameleon. I'm a vocal chameleon as well, so yeah. I don't I don't, you don't like sing a certain way. Your, and no. musical theatre has been great for that because musical theatre you have to sing in different styles. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got my legit voice, I've got my swing voice, I've got my pop rock voice. So that was one of the ones though that it's, it was great for my swing voice mm-hmm. to be able to sing and do all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's the only show I've ever done that's had that element to yeah, be able to do okay, that. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. So I'd love to definitely love to hit that one more time and. and who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I need to get older though for that. I'll, de- I'll need to be older for that come the time. But I'll definitely need to. Need to start that 10k walking and all that. <laughs> nah, that's keeping that's keep the weight up. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's all I can hope for is the day we're walking, I'm going right. to end up like a supermodel by September. But um, as it's called The Broad and the Brave, okay. what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? This is, this is where I'm, I need to check if the explicit lyrics. <laughs> Because obviously, I mean, being a guy from Blanter and it's like Glasgow, you're going to say Bob again, aren't you? Yeah, listen, like, it's been said before. It's, you're going to say it. I also, like, I'm very, I love Belter. I say that, oh, that's a Belter. That's a good one. Or troops. I, 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 <laughs> even though troops is not a Scottish word, it's like, like on the ship, I was like, all right, troops. But they all were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, all right, I just say it. I just say, all right, troops. And, or Belter, oh, that's a Belter. So many words, Clay, Mingin. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bowfing. Bowfing. Hoaching. I love that one. But I, I hoaching, I, because hoaching can work in so many different ways. Uh-huh. Oh, this this place is hoaching. hoaching. Or, but then it was hoaching way. Or, I hoaching, or somebody's hoaching. Or like, do you know what I mean? It can I, work. It, it can, yeah. But I, I, I'm going to always go back to the originals and say stuff like Bob Bagger and Bella. Well, I'm going to say... You're a better. Ah, thank <laughs> this you. This has been an absolute joy. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. And it's so nice to see you in real life. Ah, you too. I know, I know. I, know, and, I, know, I um, really appreciate it. From oh. our message to just say how, well, uh, how much I, I enjoyed the podcast. You. That's just what happens. Thank it? you for I mean, having not, me. Oh, God, I really appreciate it. I know you can uh, eat it. I'm going to get a drink of water. So you're not dehydrated in the house. Gary Bennett, you're a No, thank you. It's a back at you. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.